Hello, Amanda. Hi. Good morning, afternoon, evening. It's all the things. And in case I don't see you, good evening and good night. How's right, it going? Truman. Truman. Guys, welcome. This is our show, What Women Binge. We're back here with my mama, Paula Hart. Yes. Called the number and they said, you got it, you got it. It would always be when we were quitting that mm-hmm. I would get a job. Let's tell everybody about Sabrina. I just want to thank you all for showing up today to listen to us, to watch us if you're watching on YouTube. And, you know, it's so helpful for us when you guys are listening. That is the number one thing. You guys are just like making this happen because you're listening. But we'd also love it if you would subscribe and maybe please rate and review. (laughs) If you rate and review, it would be awesome because we want to know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. We're doing everything right. Well, I know I am. I don't know about you, Amanda. <laughs> oh, yeah? What do you got to say there, old friend? Um, no, but this has been so much fun, and I'm so excited for today. Are you today, excited? I think I'm most excited for our guest today. Like, really? The most excited I've been so far. So it's a very special guest, you guys, because um, the only reason I'm alive today is because of this woman, and the only reason I have a career today is because of this woman. And she uh, is, yeah, her, she's going to share with us, like, the origin stories of little Melissa Little Melissa's career, Paula's career, um, of Sabrina, of Melissa and Joey, all the shows she created and spawned and and franchised and and all the different projects we've created and worked on together and uh, and our massive, massive heart family. Your massive family. Massive family. My mom was born and raised in New York. Her dad was a plumber. Her mom had a lot of different jobs. My grandma, Joan, who's what my middle name, everyone that knows Melissa Joan is from my grandma, Joan. And my mom is Paula Joan. And she just, you know, hippie child, had me a week before she turned 20. And uh, and yeah, should we bring her in? I think we should. I'm so excited. I have so many questions. I know. Well, I don't have that many questions because I kind of know her pretty well. So every month is a struggle, right, to just eat better and eat healthier. And I don't care if it's New Year's or it's the middle of June or no, it doesn't change. And I'm always trying to eat better. But healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring because Magic Spoon. That's right. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, it fits in all day long and it's delicious. They have amazing flavors that you will love without all the bad stuff, right? That's right. Zero grams of sugar. There's lots of protein in there. There's only four net grams of carbs in each serving. And only 140 calories per serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. Lots of great things there, guys. The variety pack comes with four different flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter, so you can try them all. What's your latest mix-up? I know we always talk about mixing these up. Which way have you gone? Well, you know my classic is the chocolate and peanut butter together. Yes. However, frosted and chocolate is like a milkshake. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a Neapolitan or something, right? It's so good. What if you put frosted with peanut butter? What do you think, like a vanilla peanut butter? I think I'm going to try that next. That would be really good. So you guys can try it too. Go to magicspoon.com slash WWB to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code WWB at checkout to save $5 off your first order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee, which you will be. But if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. So remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash WWB and use the code WWB to save $5 off. Thanks, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring What Women Binge. You know what's really hard? What's that? Creating and sticking with healthy habits. It's really hard sometimes, and especially when the to-do list is just like a mile long. There's like a million things we all have to do, but we still have to try to eat good, right? Yeah, you know what makes it so much easier for me? Let me guess. 
Splendid Spoon. Yes, I'm telling you, this sponsorship has changed my life. I know. I love it. Because of Splendid Spoon sponsoring What Women Binge, we have both become huge fans. Yes. And we eat it constantly, and we're always reporting back to each other on our favorite. Like, my one of my favorites is the spicy lentil soup. Oh, I'm I not love saying the, lentil soup. the name right, but it's so good. And the broccoli hemp seed oh, soup. Yeah, yeah. I think the bowl. Yeah. It's delicious. And, of course, they have their vegan meatball marinara that's, like, a huge favorite. Oh, so good. And the taco bowl. Oh, my gosh. I could really go on and on. Yes. And the shots. The recovery shots. Or there's a detox shot. The detox shot is great. And the immunity shot. Yeah. And they just give you what you need in that little dose right there. So you guys can get some, too. You can get started and save $35 on your first order of delicious plant-based meals at SplendidSpoon.com slash binge 35. That's right. SplendidSpoon.com slash binge 35 to save $35 on your first order. So it comes out to like $6.66 a meal. very much. That's amazing. It's perfect. And we want to thank Splendid Spoon for sponsoring this episode of What Women Binge. Everybody, 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 we're back here with my mama, Paula Hart. (laughs) The queen of the heart family. I am. Thank you for having me. The queen of hearts. The queen of hearts is right here with us. Mama Hart. Mom, we have so many questions for you. I know Amanda has a ton. I've got a list a mile long of questions. Let's start. I mean, where do we even start? What do you want to start with, Mom? I want to start with well the beginning in, in uh, yeah nineteen seventy six fifty six you were born <laughs> in nineteen seventy six I was born yes that's true and then what happened you were in love with a man named Billy Hart funny enough Debbie Harry's first kiss I heard that's that in her bizarre. audio yeah but not not my dad Billy not Hart. my dad different Billy Hart <laughs> no she did ask him though. I asked my dad if I was him because <laughs> Debbie Harry in her book literally is like my first kiss was Billy Hart at six years old in New Jersey I'm like. Dad, did you ever go to New Jersey when you were really young? He's like, oh, I don't think so. Was she a twin? I'm like, oh, no. I have no idea why the twin. Like, yeah, I guess my dad kissed a twin when he was a little boy. I don't know. Never heard about that, though. <laughs> anyway, you kissed dad. I did. And then you had a baby. Because that's you know, your belly works. button. Yes. <laughs> or you vomited <laughs> me up or whatever button. kids think. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, 48 hours of back labor. You go ahead. Oh, it was miserable. It was the, uh, <laughs> Great. Thanks. Uh, okay, I have seven kids. Hers was the worst of all of them. It was pretty bad. The first usually is, right? Amanda, was that the oh, case for you? Yeah. Oh, horrible. Yeah. Terrible. I love I love you, Riker, but no. Yeah, I don't your body do does not know what to no. do. It makes you even question having a second one. And then you had seven. And then I had seven. And I had one breach. Oh. Know, foot first. She had seven kids separate in different ways. She only had one in an epidural, only the last one. Yep. One breach. Me, sunny side up, back labor, 48 hours. One like came out in 15 minutes. Like, was Brian was the big one, and he caused the most damage, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, he got a little stuck. Oh, yeah. So, like, all different ways. Like, yeah. All different ways. And Everybody different. has their own story. One yeah. was six pounds. One was ten pounds. They were all over the place. What was oh, I? Bless you. Seven one. Oh, that was decent size. Okay. All right. I assume by seven, Sturdy. though, they kind of just walk out. Like... Seven pounds? No, seven babies. Oh, like, seven babies. That's what they thought, <laughs> but it wasn't so. Really? Yeah. They expected me to go like boom, 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 they split. Yep. We were in production on Sabrina, and I get a phone call that she calls me. She's like, I'm on my way to the hospital, and just sitting on that set all day, like, waiting. We didn't have cell phones. Well, I actually went in the morning. I went to work in the, that morning. So, uh, <laughs> eight o'clock in the morning, water breaks, decide, well, going to be a while. I might as well go to work. I went to work and then everybody's like, get out of here. What are you doing here? You need to leave. That sounds like something I would do. (laughs) So yeah, so she went, uh, I just remember getting a phone call on set. They brought me like the cordless phone for the set, right? (laughs) Like your mom wants to, there's actually a picture of me talking to you and I'm playing with my belly button ring 
And I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, love you, good luck, you Is know. Is that what you did when you were nervous? I guess so. I guess I played with my belly button ring because I know this picture. I have this picture of, like, doing that. And um, and then, yeah, I guess it was it was that evening? How long was it? I can't uh, remember. She was born at 6 p.m. Okay, so this which is the seventh is child. That was the last one. That's Number Samantha. Seven. Samantha, which tell them why she's named. So Samantha. she's named Samantha because Melissa would not let me name her Sabrina. She wanted to name her Sabrina. How weird would it be if I had a sister <laughs> named? Come on, you have to admit, <laughs> I, I made a good choice there. Probably, but you chose Samantha because because she's the second best witch. Yes, <laughs> Samantha Stevens. <laughs> yeah, little little bewitched action. But it's there. funny because there's a thing about like, like you. Let's say your girls, Golda, Georgia. Right, like you kind of have the same sounding, mm-hmm. and you have the same thing. You have Melissa, Trisha, Alexandra, they all uh, Samantha. Samantha, yeah, and then you have Elizabeth, Emily, and Elizabeth, Emily, and but, Brian, yeah. But it's funny because you said mine were, you know, Mason, Braden, and I really wanted Hudson, but our last name is Wilkerson, so it's like son, 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 son. Nope, can't do it. Too much. But yeah, you really like that that A sound, kind of like you, you do too. I think, mm-hmm. Amanda. Yeah, Riker was hard because we we just couldn't think of anything that really felt very us and the family names. Like we wanted him to have a family name, but at the same time, like it wasn't really our place because on, I'm the girl on my side of the family where the family names would come in and my brother really needed that opportunity. And Uh. so it was a bunch of different things. And then we were watching star Trek and I was like, Riker. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell her why you named me Melissa. Okay. I've got my, you gave me this. Oh, oh, you're wearing it again. I love it. Melissa's name Melissa because my favorite song was Sweet Melissa by the Allman Brothers. And my dad could play it on the guitar. My dad had a tall And it was such a beautiful song. And I said, you know what? That's a good name. That is a good name. It was was a popular name, too, in 1976. You know, it's funny. I grew up with a few Melissas and then never knew a Melissa. I mean, you know, run into one here and there, but never was like friends with a Melissa. I moved to the South and like three of my friends are Melissa. Super weird. All of a sudden it's everywhere. uh, Yeah. I feel the same, but way. only my age. There's so many Amandas. So many. Yeah, Amandas. Amanda's a very popular. They're everywhere. Name. It's a pretty name. It's easy to spell. It's easy to like. I'm kind of shocked my parents did that though. Why don't we call you Mandy? No. Oh no, let's not. If I Actually, call you Mandy, you call me Missy because I hate Missy. <laughs> Amanda was a name I considered for Emily. Oh really? And that's oh that makes sense. Sort of yeah. I, Emily, I like Amanda, Amanda yeah. and it, I think it suits me. But I'm yeah. I'm kind of shocked my parents didn't do something more unique. And Emily's character on Sabrina was Amanda. Oh, that's right. My cousin Amanda on Sabrina is my sister Emily, who's your age. That's funny. Yeah. That's interesting. Cousin Amanda. And my parents, funny enough, my parents did all A names. Oh, really? So it's a thing. I guess I carried on that tradition. Yeah, there you go. And just now realized it. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. So, um, so, okay. We were talking earlier about uh, something that people don't really know about in my career, which is uh, the movie Crocodile Dundee. So... You want me to tell my version, then you tell your version? Okay. <laughs> I love that there's two versions to this. Um, We're finding that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Difference in, a, um, well, and I think the thing is, they always say that the way you remember a story is not the way it happened, it's the way you last told it. So the way you tell a story changes your your history with that memory and can twist it and contort it depending on who the audience is and what you're trying to get across, what the point is you're trying to get across. And so, you know, I think there's different things like, well, okay, here's a, here's a memory from my childhood that you and dad both swear never happened. Um, <laughs> I used, I was a thumb sucker, right? I was a big thumb oh, yeah, sucker for a few years. Yeah. And I would use my mom's bathrobe, which I still have a piece of. <laughs> it was a silky bathrobe and I would hold it and suck my thumb at the same time. And uh, I remember there was one night my parents said, my, if my sister fell asleep, if I stayed in bed until she fell asleep, I could come up and watch TV with them. I could come downstairs and watch TV. So I snuck out of bed. 
and went to watch TV with them. I don't think you guys were expecting me to to actually make it through the me not falling asleep part. But um, we're watching TV. I'm sitting on the floor sucking my thumb. And I'm assuming because it's like 1981 or yeah, I guess it was like 1981. I'm watching the TV and the news is on and this guy is covered in pins. I swear he was like in a wheelchair and covered in like needles sticking out of his body everywhere. And I'm looking at this and I was horrified by it. And dad goes, keep sucking your thumb. That's going to happen to you. And I never sucked my thumb again. But you and dad both swear that never happened. Never happened. But it did. I have no idea where that, this memory is coming from. Because it, because it, it haunts me. I never <laughs> sucked my thumb again because I didn't want, now looking back on it, because it was 1981, it was probably about um, acupuncture. Of course. It's probably yeah. like a report on like the first, you know, big acupuncture thing, you know. But, uh, you know, at the time it was horrifying. It looked like Hellraiser. And like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm, that like changed me. And and so of course it's etched in my memory, but to you guys it was probably just a funny one-handed comment that I would never remember as a kid. We have no it memory of that. traumatized me. So, just shows how So while be. we're bringing up childhood trauma, let's talk about Crocodile let's Dundee. Talk about Crocodile Dundee. So, of course nobody knew what a big movie Crocodile Dundee would be. We, but. Ne- we got the audition and we said, Crocodile Dundee, what is this? This is some stupid, stupid name. A stupid <laughs> name for a movie. So, um... So I have to go to New York and I have to audition. But I remember first they had me in a hotel room and they were asking me if I could cry. And being nine years old, I wasn't really like, yes, I've got this. I will go meta. I will I will get all, you know, method and, and you know, stab myself emotionally <laughs> and bring the tears. I said to them, I'm like, well, sometimes this is literally what I said. I don't know if you know this. I was like, well, sometimes when I brush my teeth and then I use the cup to rinse, like a little water gets on my face and it drips down. It looks like a tear. Maybe we could just do that. Like just put tears on my face. So that's actually what we ended up doing was putting (laughs) eye drops on me. So I had to be, what I had to do was I had to climb on the, in case you don't know what I'm talking about, it's because I was cut out. Um, So you will never see this unless someone saved the footage somewhere. But um, I was climbing on the Alice in Wonderland statue in Central Park. And I guess he and his girlfriend are having lunch over on the side on a bench. And all these kids, tons of kids. I think one of my sisters is in it too, right? Is it Trisha? Someone else is in this, in the movie yeah, with me. Yeah, just as an extra. Yeah, climbing around. So all these kids climbing on the statue and I'm supposed to fall off. And when I fall, he comes over to help me. And he takes his like brown bag lunch, lunch bag, blows it up with air, puts it on my knee and like magically takes away my boo-boo. So I'm assuming looking back at the movie... That they, and I, I had a great time. Like I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't have to do the stunt or anything like that. Um, they just cut it together very nicely. It was quick. It was easy. It was fun. And uh, but I, I imagine that they cut it out because the movie had probably magical elements to it that they decided to make it more realistic. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming they cut like a lot of a lot of magic stuff. Actually, it was too long. Oh, that too. And then they ended up recreating that scene in Crocodile Dundee too, which I don't remember that. I got to go back and watch that. I don't know that I ever saw too. Two takes place in New York mainly, right? No, wait. One takes place in New York. Yeah, I don't remember where two takes place. They're kind of half and half, both of, all of them, right? But they they were really kind to you. It was very exciting to be a part of this big feature film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we... Uh, was that your first feature? No, not really. Uh, but there were other... I still get paychecks for them. They're like 16 cents. Hey. Once in a while I get a paycheck for Adds Crocodile Dundee. Over the years. Hey, over well, the years? You know there's a bar in Los Angeles called Residuals that if you brought that check, they give you a drink for it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. awesome. They'll that take funny? whatever your residual check is, no matter how much it is, residuals. nine cents. They'll take it for <laughs> I gotta a drink. Keep my, hey, some people need that, man, because that's all they live on is the residuals. Um, we lived on the residuals for a while. Yeah. So, how, so talk about how we got started. All right, so 
you know how when you have a baby, mm-hmm. people come in and do photo shoots of your child. So I and then they come and sell you the photos afterwards. So we had somebody come in to do photos of Melissa when she was two, and then the sales got so it was when Trisha was born. Uh, so the, it was pictures of the two kids at the same time, and the salesman went and said, "Oh my God, these pictures are fantastic. She should be a model." Yeah, and wow. I sent I sent the pictures out to like <laughs> no, that Ford. <laughs> I, I sent it to like Ford and some of the other yeah. New York modeling agencies. Never heard a word. Never. So then comes around that because uh, well, I was two, and who wants two year old models? Well, you were adorable though. Well, so then there was a uh, oh. when she turned four, we did the photo shoot again. Mm-hmm. Now I had three kids. Because it was when Lizzie was... Uh, I didn't know this part of the story, by the way. This is not where I thought this was going. Oh, Keep okay. going. So Lizzie, so the third... Yeah, so... When Lizzie was born... Me, Trisha, Lizzie, Brian, Emily, Allie, Sammy, Mackenzie. Oh, that's my dad's Mackenzie's daughter. not mine. Mackenzie's not hers. <laughs> she's not related to me at all. <laughs> you share her last name right now. Yeah, and she's sweet. And yes, I take care of her. And you do take care of her. I try to be her West Coast mom. We all lived together in LA for a little while. That's it was weird. Great. Me, my mom, my stepdad, and my dad's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Blended families... It, it just, was very blended. It's it would what be you a, have to do. Yeah. It would be a sitcom. But anyway, go on. So uh, so the photographer comes in now. There's three kids, four-year-old Melissa. They take these photos, and they said, these are amazing photos. She really needs to, to be a mom. And then they knew. Same some, guy? Is that the same guy? No, different guy. Oh. And But he knew somebody. I said, well, I don't know how to do this. You know, what do you do? So he said, I know somebody. Here's an address. Send them the photos. And we'll see what happens. So I sent the photos. They called me right away. Oh. They, uh, this is not the story, the they or- came out, origin story that I know. <laughs> okay. So they came out on New Year's Eve because the photos were taken right around Christmas time. And they came out, new, the guy comes out New Year's Eve and he said, uh, he was a manager. And he said, um, yeah, these are great, uh, we, but we need to uh, get new photos done and it's going to cost you $200. And sign on the, sign on the, the bottom line. And I, I'm like two hundred dollars. I didn't have two hundred. That's $200. a lot of money, yeah. In 1976, or this Three was kids, 1980, 1981, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I did not have that. I, I scraped it all together, paid the guy. He sent her out on an audition for a doll commercial. We took the train. Wait, wait, into, wait, wait. But first, romper room. Oh, oh, oh. I okay. thought I started this. Hold on. There was a guy who took pictures and wanted me to be a model. I thought it was all because I wanted to be on Romper Room. Well, it is about, that's <laughs> where the inside story is that she came to me constantly and said she wanted to be on Romper Room because Miss Marianne would look into the mirror every day and she would never say, I see Melissa. Because again, back to my uh-huh. name, it wasn't a popular name. Right. I mean, it was sort of popular, but I not see really. I Susie, I see Katie, I see Amanda. But it was never, never I, I see Melissa. So Melissa wanted to be on TV. So when this guy came to me with the photo thing, I said, it kind of just went together. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry. I went. Down I remember sitting path. on the radiator and like watching you on the phone as you called the manager. Because I was like, I want to be on TV. You're like, all right. And you like start calling him <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, well, he uh, he responded immediately and he sent her out on first audition. She booked the very first audition. Splashy. I was naked in a bathtub. But so Aww. this guy took all of my my cash and now I had to get into the city and it cost it cost like 40, 50 bucks. Yeah, you do okay, a trip toll to the city. and the gas and the parking. And... Well, we took the train the first few times. Oh, and it's uh, not cheap either, though. <laughs> no, it wasn't cheap. And I had all these other kids and we're trying to figure out how, who's taking care of. The, I had a new baby. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went into the uh, went into the audition and did what we had to do. And I said, okay, that's it. And we went home. And they called back and said, well, she has a call back. 
You're like, I've got to do this again. And, yeah, I said, what? what? We have to go back again. So we took the train into the city. Then they called me and said, well, now she's got it. And I said, I don't have any more money. Yeah, like, I, can't I, can't, I can't be doing this. Uh, and they said, well, you get paid to do this. Now. <laughs> you get paid? Oh, okay. We can do that then. So uh, we went in uh, and she shot this commercial. She was actually, they were two little girls shooting the same commercial. Um, yes, if you watch the commercial, it's kind of like my hands. Yeah, Melissa in the bathtub. It's Melissa's hands, and it's not her face. It's somebody else. I've actually been in a lot of um, a lot of talk shows where they'd be like, "That's you," and I'm like, "That's not me." No. Wait, was I not in this commercial? And I didn't realize till a few years ago that it's not me in the commercial, but it's my hands. That's so weird. Yeah. Why would they do that? Why would they spend money to have kids can only be on? Well, I don't know if it was back then, but the child labor laws now are that like a child can only be on set for a certain amount of time. And especially I'm sure with the water thing, they probably can only put us in the water for a certain amount of time. But also with kids. Well, we can talk about the Cosby show or Cosby uh-huh. uh, commercial we did. But um, you you always had like backup, like almost like understudies mm-hmm. because you'd have issues with like if something happened with the kid or, you know, uh, safety or time or school or whatever. Um, should we talk about the pudding pop commercial. <laughs> oh sure. So, uh, well, my memory of it is that I was excited because the Cosby Show was huge, and it right. was like what me and my sister loved to watch. And be, both me and my sister were going to be um, part of the kids that could be in the commercial. So there was like twenty kids, thirty they, kids. They booked a whole bunch of kids, and then tons. Uh, they never knew who was going to end up in the actual right. final. They kind of pick you based on looks, and everybody was different. It was like everyone was like. Uh, diversely different and then like um, and then Cosby though he I noticed that like if one kid was like I'm getting a bellyache he's like get him out of here and then another kid would come in and someone else was like I don't like chocolate and they're like get him out of here and I learned really quick to sit there and be quiet and just uh huh this is delicious everybody was sitting on the edge of their seat do exactly what he, he says he was not a nice man oh oh no he was terrible and he had this reputation as being America's dad right and everybody loved him and I knew back then he was not a nice. Well, man. and there's a documentary. Actually, we had dinner last night with Patricia Heaton and her husband, and we were like, she was saying she watched the documentary, and it's kind of lines up with our memories of him. He was mean to my sister. He was very she was mean. sitting in the chair next to him getting her makeup done, and and he, and he, she said hi, Mr. Cosby, and and he just jumped all over her, just yelling at her, getting uh, people to get her. You're not allowed to talk to don't, me. You, you, you can't talk to me. Don't look him in the eye. It's one of those deals. Oh, yeah. goodness. And he was so mean to these children and the children were all on edge. It was, and we're all just want to eat they, Jello. They're four or five years right. old. They were, these were little kids and he was just so mean to everybody. And after the, we shot these commercials, people would say, Oh, it was so great. How was it working with Bill Cosby? I said, not a nice man. Yeah, it was. So you were, I just remember sitting in that I think it was director's chairs. We had like four director's chairs and we're all sitting there and all the cameras are on us. And I was just like, I'm just going to sit here and smile. I'm just going to sit here and smile. And she learned very quickly. She was I like the pudding. Melissa yeah. has a, a photographic memory. So when she was given lines to say. She knew them like that. She knew uh, she couldn't read them. I would read them to her. Have I recited my uh, dollhouse commercial for you? Oh, before? this was amazing. <laughs> so this is her Connecticut natural gas commercial. It was not a, yeah, most of the commercials I did as a kid were national commercials. So that means they were seen across the country, but this was a regional for Connecticut natural gas. And it was just me in a dollhouse. And uh, yeah, I had to say, um, you can probably tell just by looking at me. I've been a homeowner for years. Nice, isn't it? Dutch colonial, three bedroom, very up to date. But believe me, a big responsibility, especially when it comes to saving energy. I have to do everything. Make sure my heat isn't going through the roof, out the window, or under the door. Make sure all my appliances are energy efficient. Even make sure my furnace is up to snuff. Uh, 
You're probably wondering, how'd she get so smart about saving energy? Well, frankly, I had help. From my friends at Connecticut Natural Gas, they simply know everything on how to get an energy audit to the latest on energy-efficient equipment. Really, CNG has been my natural source for energy information for years. Give them a call. What CNG knows about saving energy could fill a house. And then the camera pulls out and you see that my house is the same as the dollhouse. So yeah, that was my commercial. She when was, I was going around closing and opening the doors. Eight? No, nine. you were and six. And you still six? You were six have it memorized. It's probably one of the only ones I have because it's such a rhythm in my head. And we worked on it so much. Was there an acting coach on set or did the makeup artist help me too? No, it, yeah, you just... I did it for everyone. <laughs> and it, kept but doing it, it. So you fast forward to the first play she did on Broadway, off Broadway. Uh, this was the one Imagine that Brad. Brad. took Larissa, right? Yes. So this... Uh, this Imagining Brad, she had to audition for this play, and it was a 12-minute monologue at 12 Well, I made 12 it 12 minutes. <laughs> it was like supposed to be like 25 minutes, but I said it so fast that it I sped it up quite a bit. But she was amazing. Frank Rich, who was uh, a the critic on the New York Times, who hated everybody. Still is, right? I, I don't know. I think he just got repositioned at the New York Times, but yeah, anyway. But this was back, you were 12 at that time. But uh, Frank Rich raved about her. Like the review about Melissa's part of that play is just well, and that's unbelievable. How the veterinarian that saw me in that play then promoted me to the producer of Clarissa. And that's how I got on Clarissa. You want to tell about how that audition went? <laughs> well, my, my memory of that, actually, the, the audition itself is kind of vague. But the phone call that I got afterwards, I remember... Well, didn't I? So there would be a lot of times when I, we'd be auditioning. So we'd have to drive into the city. We were mm -hmm. an hour and a half away from the city and in traffic and whatnot. Three it hours. Was a nightmare. That's and so with long. all these kids and. Um, so would all the brothers and sisters come along? Sometimes. Depends. Depended on and if anyone else had to do it or there was no one to watch them or whatever. And so we'd Kathy always. Miller you know, used to watch them. Uh, oh, really? The time. Our neighbor. You remember our neighbor. So I used to just like, I used to get car sick too and like. Just long car rides to just listen to the radio. You know, back then you don't have Spotify. Mm -mm. Yeah, we would pop in a tape, a cassette of like some Winding Broadway show we finger. like. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Use the pinky, get in there and really turn that cassette when it starts to get wrinkled. But, um, you know, maybe you popped in a few cassettes, um, but we didn't like the same music necessarily. But then you'd listen to the radio and just like, I, and we didn't wear seatbelts back then. Just kind of oh, like. I put them in the way back of the. Of the yeah. Oh, all the way in I'd the like lay in the, the back station seat. Wagon. The station wagon. Think about yeah. the songs. And if it was a romantic song, I'd imagine some guy singing it to me. And I just. Or I'd make her these... do a homework. Yeah, that would make me really sick. But um, go to the city, do a quick 10 minute audition. Maybe if you were lucky, you had three of them. So you could go from audition to audition and make it worth it. But, um, you know, just a lot of. A few train rides, but mainly in the car. Mainly in the car. Because we had a very dangerous train ride once. You tell your story and I'll tell that after. Oh, so there were some time. there were a lot of times that when we'd leave an audition, my mom would often say like, so how'd it go? You know, as you're leaving and I'd be like, I got it. Or I'd be like, oh, I sucked. So oh, I think yeah. Clarissa, I think it was the second one or third one. And you went, so how'd it go? And I was like, I don't think I got it. And you were like, oh my gosh, we took so much time out. We were supposed to be, you know, you're missing dance and I'm missing Brian's recital and you're supposed to, you know. I, I, we're never doing this again. It would always be when we were quitting that mm -hmm. I would get a job um, or any of us would get a job when we were like, you know, we, we frequently quit. <laughs> well, the one thing we did learn not to do was change vacations. We've changed a lot of vacations for a possibility mm -hmm. and they never, those never worked out. They never out. worked out. We said we're never doing that again. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, they always say in the industry, like, the best way to get a job is to, like, make plans, and then you'll get a job. But, um, but yeah, so I, I, uh, I think Clarissa was one of those where I was like, yeah, I don't think I got it. I think it's because of the New Kids on the Block story. So for those of you that don't know the New Kids on the Block story, I'm going to make you do your homework and go back and listen to episode one. <laughs> um, so the New Kids on the Block thing, I think, I think blew it for me with the producer. Mm-hmm. Like I thought I just completely blew it with him. So I think I did one of those, like, that's it. Um, yeah, no, it didn't, it didn't work out. But it was days later, wasn't it? It wasn't right after the third audition. No, it was days later. And at the time, we didn't have cell phones. We had beepers. And my beeper. My mom and, my mom and drug dealers and doctors. Yes. <laughs> had pagers. But my pager's going off. And it's like, I call this number. I don't know this number. So I called the number and we had a payphone. At a payphone. Well, yeah, you had to have payphones. Yeah. And we were on the corner, and I'll tell you where we were. We were just below 23rd Street. There was casting directors Broadway and 20, like 22nd oh. Street. And there was a payphone on the corner there, and the beeper went off. And we called the number, and they said, You got it, you got oh. it. And we were in the middle of the street, just jumping up and down. And you turn to me, you go, Congratulations, Clarissa. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, we jumped up and down. And then it was a lot of preparation of like me leaving for Florida. Oh, it changed our whole lives. Yeah. It changed everything, actually. Did everybody go with you to Florida or no. just the two of you? Uh, kind of well, went by myself. Well, I went initially. And then my other daughter, Lizzie, was doing a Broadway show on a cruise ship. So she needed people to go with her, too. So uh, I went with Lizzie for a little while. And I would go back for a couple of weeks with Melissa. And we went go. Back I had a guardian. And you were on the ship for like 13 weeks with Emily and Lizzie, right? And Lizzie, yeah. if I was, if I was like at that point, 13, 14, um, Lizzie was like 10. Mm-hmm. And then Allie or Lizzie would have, uh, Emily, Emily was four. would have been four. And then my brother and, and Trisha stayed in New York with my dad. And so I had a guardian in uh, Orlando most of the four years um, that, well, the off and on for the four years, the 13 weeks at a time that I was in Orlando. Um, but then it was during the cruise ship that, my dad and the rest of the family shows up to get on the cruise ship with them. And my mom on day one, my dad was wearing a no poop, no bull poop sign, uh, shirt. <laughs> yeah. right? It was a bull with the like. With poop coming out of his butt. Poop coming mm-hmm. out of his butt. And the no, you know, the red circle with the slash <laughs> through it sign. So that's how my dad shows up at the cruise to you know, with his ripped off uh, um, denim cut off shorts where the pockets hang shorts. longer than the, yeah, his, his shorts. And the, you know, the. The pockets hang lower than the than the actual jean. And uh, yeah, mom was horrified that this is how her family showed up. And uh, yeah, you decided right there and then you were going to. Well, it wasn't that right then and I there. I mean, that was the uh, moment that you were like, that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. But it was, uh, I had decided at that point that uh, I was going to end the marriage. Mm-hmm. Because I I needed to uh, change my life at that point. So that was, that was big Big change for us. Yeah, then we so we moved into New York City. Moved into New York City, and which made auditions easier. Except at that point, I was going to college. So no, you were still in high school. Well, I was finishing well, Clarissa. Finishing Clarissa. Yeah, I had a few. Well, during the time of Clarissa, so I was either doing Clarissa, which meant I couldn't really work. Although I did do the Crucible on Broadway, um, understudied uh, the Crucible at the National Actors Theater, and uh, during the, one summer. Yes, and then. Um, yeah, and we were... And the other kids were doing Broadway shows. We did become little Broadway brats, yeah. Like, well, that was my other question. Obviously, we know your career. We've seen you go through all of this, but your siblings, being one of seven, I mean, I think I know about one of your sisters who did some acting, but I didn't realize everybody was doing it. I gave everybody the opportunity, and then it was up to them whether mm-hmm. they decided to continue on. I mean, Brian uh, 
he played Richard Branson in a number of commercials and, and print ads. Uh, Richard Branson as a child. That's um, cool. We had Emily was... Uh, Emily and Lizzie were Broadway kids. They could sing and they could perform. But um, Lizzie did three Broadway shows. Emily did the Who's Tommy on Broadway. Uh, she that played, was fun. She I was played like little Tommy. 16, 17. Me and my boyfriend used to go pick her up from the theater at night and go up to Times Square and t- pick her up and take her back on the subway. And um, I don't know. There's something so fun about like hanging out in the back of the theater watching the play every night, you know? I had three kids on three different stages at one point. Oh, so my goodness. Melissa was doing... Oh, yeah. uh, she w- I was downtown doing off-Broadway plays. And Lizzie was Lizzie doing, was doing Sound of Music at Lincoln Center. And Trisha was doing... Uh, Oh, she a was workshop doing a workshop for the Circle Repertory, for Circle Company. Repertory Company, which was a full-on play as well. So, wow. And uh, one play would be dark on Sunday, one would be dark on Monday. So I was driving in seven days a week. And I baked the pies. You made, baked pies. I did a play where we had to have four pies a show with William. This is William Hurt, Lois Smith, who you might know from, we watched her in Twister this weekend. Yes, Callista Flockhart. Um, Callista Flockhart and then Susan Bruce. And... um. And mom had to, and there was another gentleman, Ed, uh, what was his name? Yeah, I can't remember his name. I have the poster in my office. Ed Seaver. Oh yeah, Ed Seaver. I think you're right. So we, so six people in this play, but um, William Hurt had to eat four different pies every night, take a bite of four different pies. So she baked the pies for the production. Well, what happened was the production had, they had a very limited budget and they couldn't afford to have fresh baked pies. And I said, <laughs> I volunteered. I'll bake the pies for you. Not realizing. <laughs> if you don't have enough going <laughs> yes, on. Yes. <laughs> I had to bake four pies a day. And on Wednesdays and Saturdays, matinee eight. day, eight pies. And, and I, then bring them to the city. And I would have to drive them into the city. And they had to be baked per the art director, not by what you want to eat, what a normal pie. It had, what to, it be, had to look like. They had to look darker because with the lights reflecting. So it, you had to burn a pie. And one one night, I remember we forgot. You had to we leave at a certain time to get to this to get there for half hour and get ready. And when, we forgot the pies, and I had to turn around. So we were maybe I don't uh, know why we just didn't stop at the grocery store and pick up. I could have gotten Entenmann's pies. <laughs> I, I don't know why the production didn't do that, but no. So I you turned were around. Nice. I went and got the pies, and they were still piping hot when they got there. Amanda, name a song by Queen in fifteen seconds. Go. Uh, I can sing it. Mama. That's Bohemian Rhapsody. Good job. Good job. But you know what? I think if you were playing on Trivia Star, you totally would have gotten that. I think so. So Trivia Star is a free mobile trivia game, and it has over 60 different categories, and you get to choose the category, right? Yes. My personal favorite is pop culture, but there is celebrities, animals, music, television. So many. I always have to lay it down with my nine-year-old. He needs someone to hang out with him while he goes to sleep. And so I'm always trying to stay awake while he passes out and he's (laughs) snoring next to me. And I'm always playing Trivia Star. So it's super fun for me to like just have a little time to myself and play a little trivia because I love some trivia. And right now, Trivia Star is offering you 2,500 coins and 500 gems when you download and play. Yes, and those coins are great for if you get stuck. You just get some hints with those and they take care of you. And they help you beat the level, yeah. Yes, so if you want to get yours, go to the Apple or Google Store and search for Trivia Star. Download Trivia Star for free today and flex those brain Yeah, Trivia Star has thousands of five-star reviews in the Apple Store and is the number one trivia game on the App Store. So download it today and challenge yourself. So Melissa, you know our modern diets aren't helping our problems as we age. No, for sure. I mean, our bodies produce less than half of the collagen they did in their 20s. I know. And it makes us feel old. Yeah, because you know what collagen is good for, right? What? It makes our skin, hair, joints, nails, bones. It just helps us look better and feel better. And we need it. 
Oh, is that why I've been looking so fresh these days? That's why, because you've been using Biotrust's ageless multi-collagen proteins. That must be exactly why. You know, it provides you with five types of collagen needed to support the entire anti-aging process, plus essential amino acids to make it a complete protein. That's right. And many other brands on the market only use one or two types of collagens. Yeah, it supports healthy skin, hair, nails, bones, joints, all of it. It also supports athletic performance, recovery, and an active lifestyle, which we both have. We Well, we both created thanks to Biotrust. Yes, and it supports gut health. It's easily digestible. It's taste-free and odorless. And it's third-party lab tested to ensure purity and potency. And it doesn't clump. Do you hear me? It does not clump. I love that. It's a miracle. It can be mixed in anything hot or cold. There's no artificial colors, flavors, preservatives, or sweeteners. Basically, guys, come on. It's all around good. It's all the stuff you need and none of the stuff you don't. And you need to try it for yourself if you haven't already. Here's what I want you to do. Go to Biotrust.com slash binge, B-I-N-G-E, and get your special offer of up to 51% off today. You'll also get free shipping on your order and support from personal health and fitness coaches to work with you, and they'll share their expertise with you. So that's Biotrust.com slash binge, B-I-N-G-E, to get your special up to 51% off offer. We thank you, Biotrust, for sponsoring What Women Binge. Let's tell everybody about Sabrina. Oh, Sabrina? Okay, Sabrina was very interesting. You like you're shocked that that question is coming. Well, it, it came up quickly. <laughs> well, I, I, we go from Clarissa to Sabrina. Oh, okay. all right. So before we get into the meat of Sabrina, we've got to give you, we forgot to give you your fuzzy socks. Look, oh. I've got my llamas on today. But can I pick yours out, Mom? Yes, please. Give you the unicorns because they match your outfit and oh, now you're monochromatic. So cute. Oh, they're so cute. Tone on tone. Cute. Is that what I call it? What is it? It's a monochrome. Monochrom- monochromatic. Mm-hmm. There's another word for it. Block coloring? Block? No? No. There's something on The block coloring is kind of an outfit you were wearing the other day reminded me of block coloring. Yeah, block the coloring other day she was talking like about because she listens to our podcast. Literal yes. <laughs> blocks of color in different places. So I guess you're monochrome. Mom. Well, I hey, feel yeah. like I know you because I've been watching the podcast. I know. Well, and Melissa talks about you it, like all the time. And so I know all of these stories that are so great about you. And so when I'm talking to people, they're like, oh, are you so excited? Your, your Melissa's mom's coming. And I was like, yeah, I can't wait to meet her. And they're like, but you don't, <laughs> you <laughs> I don't talk about you like I do know you. Well, it's funny because I thought I knew you too. That's so. <laughs> great. At that. We're Hug it out, girls. Hug but it now out. I have, look at these these little. Those are really cute. Those, those are, are super so cute. cute. I know. I like these. Kind of jealous, actually. Um, maybe leave them at my house when you go. Yeah, no, I don't um, think so. <laughs> so, so, Sabrina. so Sabrina. So Clarissa ends. Clarissa ends. And, and you're Mel- managing my career at this point. Yes. Uh, I had been managing your career for a while. Uh, I actually managed. A lot of children's careers. Uh, I started a management company out of my kitchen, and I had kids doing Pampers commercials and wow. all kinds of stuff. Well, so of course, you realized I was you were good at this because all of yours had been successful. Well, that's right? everybody yeah. came knocking on the door. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, that manager that I signed Melissa up with mm-hmm. turned out to be very crooked, and he, so he yeah, took our one, last bit of money. The one advice and, you can give to people when they want to get in the industry is never pay someone before you get paid. Like they should get a percentage right. of what you make. They should not get paid. You never up pay front. anything up front. And and the whole photo picture mm-hmm. money, yeah, it's, a bunch, it's of a bunch of baloney. So you never pay anything. So I paid that guy and uh, Melissa was starting to, she booked everything. She booked her first, third and fifth auditions. So it was first splashy. Then it was uh, the GE commercial and then Fritos. And so, the, so those are national commercials. All These within, are in, big money. In a month's time. She had booked. So These every time huge. it reruns, you get residuals, right? And like on a national commercial, it's running across the country. So every time it runs on an 
on a network, on a commercial, I mean, on a, on a show, on a game show, on a soap, soap opera. opera. It was big in the soap operas. Yeah. And so, you know, so I was able to, um, kind of support our family for a little while, like help out with dad was in construction and mom was, had a million children at home. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, it was a, it was a nice little, I think you and dad were both shocked at like, well, we, who knew I, I told you, I didn't even know you made money at this. That's when amazing. We got started. So, um, because Melissa became very popular and this guy was such a crook, uh, I was able to develop relationships with a lot of the uh, the agents, the children's agents in New York City. And I became very friendly with them. And I would keep sending uh, them clients. And they said, why don't you just manage other people's kids and you know collect a percentage? So that's what I did. And then it became too big a business to be able to manage my own children as well as other people's right. kids. So I had to decide. And I decided... My kids, because uh, Trisha was doing Burger King commercials and uh, yeah, Tylenol Lizzie, and Lizzie was doing all kinds of commercials. Melissa and, and Trisha did a Tylenol commercial together as sisters. Went together, just when the I think you can find it on YouTube. Yes, you can. But there was a big Tylenol scare right after that. Uh, somebody had poisoned the Tylenol that was in. The, oh the, gosh! So they pulled the products and then they pulled the commercials. It was kind of sad. I think um, that it ran again later on, though, because it ran for a while. It I did think. run for a while because you, you would get it. like a two-year agreement and you would collect money. She said, my sister's sitting in the chair and I'm going around and I'm like, boo, you want to play dress up or something like that? And she's like, no, I don't feel good. And I'm like, mom, whatever her name was in the commercial, Emma doesn't feel good. And then they bring <laughs> Tylenol for all your children. You know, that kind of Ah, thing. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it was a great campaign. Trisha uh, did teddy bears. uh what was it called? Teddy Grahams. <gasps> yeah, she did that with Sarah Michelle Gellar. She did a commercial with her, and they became good friends on that. Um, yes, my kids were working all the time. That's crazy. So I had to decide, and I decided to then. Um, I actually sold off that part of my business, and I just managed my own kids. And then when, so when Melissa Wait, was doing Clarissa, don't talk about Sabrina yet. Hold on, I have another story we gotta tell. Okay. Uh, I did General Hospital. Was it General Hospital? Yeah. So this is the kind of stuff that happens like in these auditions. And no. Stuff. What was it? It was another world, another world. A general hospital was California. Yeah, so we were in New York because in New York, there's only a certain amount. Like in New York, you're not necessarily you can you can audition for big movies. You uh, you're not necessarily going to audition for TV shows. You might audition for um, a series, you know, as to be a regular or you're not really going to like jump in and do a guest star on a show, um, which is probably why I was like the only 90s girl that wasn't in Wonder Years. Whatever. It's OK. I'm, <laughs> you're I'll not be OK. I'll be OK. But um. But uh, there was this soap operas were a big thing in New York. So I auditioned for a soap opera. And when you go on an audition, you don't say you can't do anything. And I learned this early on. We auditioned for mermaids. Me and Trisha both auditioned for the movie Mermaids. Christina Ritchie got the part. But it was like we're in there and Trisha and I get in a huge fight. And I was like, "You, I don't even know why you're at this audition. You can't even swim. And mom goes step into my office and pulls me by my ear in the hallway. She's like, you don't tell anyone that Trisha can't swim. What if they want her for this part? You know, and it was like, she's going, that's the kind of thing. And that's like what you do in these auditions. You're like, oh yeah, yeah. Like we just did a movie where we're like asking people if they can ride horseback. Yeah, yeah, I can ride horseback. Everybody showed up. Nobody can ride horseback. Nobody could ride a horse. <laughs> so this is what you do in the industry, right? So you got to take it and leave it like, can you? And we'll see. So that's I said that so I could good. roller skate for this audition. Oh no. For another world, was it? Yeah. So do you remember what happened? So we, we, we get there and she, well, the good thing maybe a bad thing, is that you had to roller skate on a boardwalk. So Which this Roy- you can't do anyway. <laughs> a really wooden, an old rickety boardwalk at Rye Playland. Like, oh, Rye Playland, which is kind of like Coney Island, like an old, you know. Okay. Oh. And we were up there. And, and I have to race a guy pushing a woman in a wheelchair. That's the role. To the theme song from... Oh, Chariots of Fire. Chariots of Fire. 
And they, they actually did it slow, in slow motion. I think they did that because we couldn't possibly pull it off. That my little nine-year-old self on roller skates on a boardwalk could oh, beat a, no. a grown man pushing a wheelchair. He was pushing a wheelchair. <laughs> but the wheelchair has big wheels. That rolls right over those little divots. The roller skates and don't. she's in a little roller skate. But I'm in the parking lot like, I got to learn how to roller skate. I got to learn how to. But we used to go roller skating like every Sunday. But I guess it had you, been a you while. You did roller skate. You just didn't. Oh, you weren't a really good I was roller scared. skater. I was scared. I was death. a terrible Remembering roller my lines. skater. Yeah. <laughs> terrible. It's well. I tried to do it for my 26th birthday. I was like, I'm having a roller skating party. No one's allowed on rollerblades. Has to be roller skates. You put those things on. You're like, my ankles are gonna snap. Rollerblades. I think I could do. Yeah, but I, I actually made everybody sturdier. Yeah, much sturdier. They hold you in. But like roller skates, it's so wobbly, and your ankles are just. It's no good. Oh no, it's no good. Do you remember the Lucy Arnaz show? Oh yes. So Melissa, she just mentioned before about. Not many TV shows, but there were a couple TV shows that shot in New York. And Melissa played Lucy Arnaz's niece on the Lucy Arnaz show, which only lasted. Was her daughter? No, you were her niece. Six oh. episodes. Um, I did six episodes? No, but you were on, they on, the show only lasted six episodes. Oh. Yeah, so that's Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz's daughter. Yeah. daughter. And Melissa played so kind the, of a big, her niece. You know, that's a huge deal. And knowing. However, somebody wasn't allowed to watch. I love Lucy as a child. <laughs> Wasn't appropriate. That Why? Well, there was just a... He thought she was just a little too ditzy. She like was, women shouldn't be seen as that. She was not a good role model okay. for, for women. She was always... Uh, and you have to remember, too, that that show was filmed in the 50s. Right. And now we're in the 70s and, and 80s. And mom was a major hippie. And it, it just wasn't... Uh, it really wasn't appropriate. You wanted something different. Yeah, I wanted a strong female role model. And I felt she was flighty and sneaky and she always i mean it was funny as an adult right. watching it was funny but i didn't think kids needed to to learn i also from her. wasn't allowed to wear black no not allowed to wear black and that goes back to my childhood too mm -hmm. i wasn't allowed to wear pants like period the end yeah my dad said no i had to wear a dress i feel like my mother-in-law has told me that there was a certain point of her life she wasn't allowed to wear pants either yeah was I, that just a thing at the time yeah it was and my dad wasn't into women's lib and all that kind of stuff okay, so it was, and you became a hippie and rebelled and then i, I became did. like a goth girl in new york city and rebelled against the black thing wait goth goth well i wanted to be goth so bad it's just so hard but it's she's a lot not, of makeup this and a is lot not of, goth i no. can't i'm i'm a this look i'm a leg goth. nowadays i'm a leggings and sweatshirt girl but i used to be a jean and t-shirt girl as i as i say but goth is a lot of work man there's a lot of layers to it a lot of eyeliner Boots, the eyeliner, the hair. How to the avoid the sun. Jewelry. Yeah, it's a lot. I really wanted to do it, but I just did not have the strength for it or the time in the morning. I'm, I'm going to roll out friendly. of bed. Although, most, I will say this. Most of my friends who were goth in high school were very friendly. They just gave off a very intimidating vibe. Well, you give off that vibe to keep people away. And at, in New York City, people tend to keep their distance anyway. So you're not making friends in New York unless you're in and, class with them or they're your roommate or... Or you're me and you just start talking to people. Well, actually, I did meet a guy outside my window just because I was spitting gum on the bus stop outside and he became one of my best <laughs> friends. But um, We so, had a very yeah. interesting house uh, when we moved into the Is city. Is this the one with the skylight with the bars? Yes. Yeah, so my room was in the attic of the townhouse and it was we had three stories and... My mom took me there first when she when when she left my dad. I went to the apartment. My siblings weren't there. None of our stuff was there. And I just was spent like two days just super depressed. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to start my life again? Grew up in that house. And, um, you know, all my friends are back there and all my siblings, all my stuff. Like, I didn't have anything. But I look outside and there's a bus stop and I was chewing gum at the time. And 
I always had gum collections. Like inside my locker, I would start a gum collection. Oh. I auctioned off a, ch- a shoe during my Clarissa days. They had to, we had to decorate a Converse sneaker, and I decided to cover it in bubble gum, chewed bubble gum. Oh, um, Melissa. I made everyone on set put their chewed <laughs> bubble gum somewhere on the shoe until the shoe was covered. Um, and so... I was chewing gum and I was like, I was like Veruca Salt, I guess. Is that is this it Veruca? Is not <laughs> COVID friendly. <laughs> no, no. This is way before that. And uh, I'm looking outside and there's a bus stop and I was like, I wonder if I could spit my gum on the top of that bus stop. And I did and I got it on there and I avoided everybody else on Sixth Avenue. Luckily that time, I was like, I'm gonna start a collection of gum on top of that bus stop. Oh my god! <laughs> so that made me feel better. <laughs> that was the moment I was like, I feel so much better. But wait, we still have to get to Sabrina. But wait, we, in that house. Oh, that house. So uh, that was when Clarissa was mm-hmm. was uh, happening. But we had kind of the Broadway show kids house. So all the kids, all the showbiz kids used to come and hang out. So Laura Bell Bundy was singing out the Lacey front window. Chabert. Lacey Chabert. Yeah. Um, Macaulay Culkin came once or twice. Yeah, and I always had to give him money to get home. <laughs> <laughs> he never had enough uh, train fare to get home. Um, and his, he would always bring his brother. Eden Regal, who became Eden, a and, soap star. Yes. Uh, um, and her brother, Sam, who's now a big animation uh, director, producer. And they just did this Va- Vox Ma- Machina. Oh, Vox Machina. Yeah, is their new movie. Say. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like, a show. It's a show. It's a show on Netflix that just is doing huge numbers. Yeah, that's Sam Regal. So it was a whole group of people that kids that were like, you know, there was, there's this alternating cast of like Les Miserables, right? So mm-hmm. like the kids that are in that become really close and then. And then the next cast that rotates in or the understudies or the there's the Saturday performers and the Tuesday performers. And and you kind of get to know everybody and they'd all hang out at our house or vice versa. We'd go to their houses and stuff. So it was a fun, fun group of kids. We had a piano and everybody would sit around and they would we'd have sing sh- the, yeah. the voices that sang out of my front window was. Just I mean, incredible. these kids are like these are the so show talented. kids. These are like, yes, La, so hello world. You know, like, <laughs> oh, we, we not had, shy. It was a lot of fun. It that was really a lot amazing. of fun. And then across the street was PS 41 where uh, my two youngest were Brian and Emily went to school. I, oh, Lizzie went the first, uh, yeah. When we first moved there because then, then she went to junior high after that. But it, walking through the parking lot, PS 41, or it wasn't the parking lot. It was actually the schoolyard. And somebody handed me the friend of Emily's, uh, mother handed me a comic book that was Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And I had never seen this comic book before, but I was very familiar with Archie and Jughead and Mm -hmm. all the other Archie comic book uh, comics. But Sabrina was um, a very minor character, and there was only one comic book published a year around Halloween. And somebody handed me this comic book, and Melissa was finished with Clarissa, and we were trying to find the next next project. And mom was very particular about like, because I had auditioned for Lolita and I auditioned for yeah, it was Eyes very Wide Shut and mm-hmm. all this was, she didn't like all that stuff. Oh yeah, that's very. Well, coming off Clarissa, which was very wholesome and we. Family oriented. Yeah. And nothing, uh, I didn't want her to do something that everybody couldn't watch. Well, and as my manager, trying not to, I mean, at the time without even thinking about branding, it was sort of branding and thinking about that demographic and that fan base that I've built up and carrying them with me as opposed to leaving them behind to try to have some grandiose, mm-hmm. you know, Oscar winning performance where I'll, you know, right. it was more about growing than it was about like, well, and a loss she, of innocence on your part too. Yeah, she was only 13. Yeah. Hey, I wasn't allowed to wear black. So, you know, <laughs> until she started a, uh, well, no, on camera you wore black. I would wore some black on Clarence. Sabrina. On Clarissa, you Clarissa, yeah, yeah, yeah. Black right around touches. the time I turned a teenager, it was black was okay, and I wouldn't let them tweeze her eyebrows. 
Oh, yeah. If you watch Clarissa, you can see that for sure. I right? loved your eyebrows. Though. I know. I wish I still had them. I'm missing a few. Me too. Today too. I tried to color This is them. what 2002 does to eyebrows. <laughs> but the, uh, the more uh, comfortable I got while Melissa was doing Clarissa, the stronger I got also. Mm -hmm. So I started out um, voicing my opinion. Uh, I, I felt I needed to be her advocate mm -hmm. on set. I mean, they say, Clarissa. they say stage mom like it's a bad thing, but. No, it's um, a I had to protect thing her. She was a momager before. Before there were momagers. Chris Jenner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I did uh, this years and years ago. And uh, I was actually nicknamed uh, the Dragon Lady for a while. <laughs> on the set of Clarissa. On the set of Clarissa. They would say the Be Dragon Lady was coming. Because they and My would... dad called her the Old Brown Bear. You had a lot of nasty nicknames. <laughs> well, I didn't deserve Old Brown Bear, but yeah. Dragon Lady I did deserve. Yeah, that's a husband. Because thing. I would, I had to advocate for her. If I didn't do it, who was going to do it? They would say, oh, yeah, yeah, we, because it was non-union. Um, no need for lunch. I said, no. She gets an hour for lunch. She's going to have an hour for lunch. You know, it, and they said, but, but we need the time. I said, sorry, she's 12 oh, years old. back on that, why did we need that much time? It was a regular sitcom. I don't know why we worked such long hours on this show when other people know. could get it done in one night. And we were doing it over the course of three days with two days of full rehearsal it was insane. It was. I it don't was know a lot why. of why. We we got into like doing Melissa and Joey. Everything was boom, boom, boom. boom. Oh, I worked four days a week for a few hours a day. It was like, and that's the way sitcom is. That's has always it's been. Be. That's why that is the best job in Hollywood. It is sitcom. sitcom is the best job in Hollywood if you have a family, if you want to get home in a certain hour, Sleep in if your you own bed at laugh. night, <laughs> you want to have a real life. That's you do a that's sitcom. How you do it. Yeah. So you got the the comic book. Oh, so I got the comic book, and uh, I looked at it and went. I mean, even the drawing on the on the cover was Melissa. And I said, this is great. I, I showed it to her. She, I said, this could be your next project. The next day, I took the train up to Larchmont, New York, uh, to the home of Archie Comics. And I, I called them and made an appointment. Let them know you were coming yes, first. let them know I was coming. I didn't just uh, drop the door. in, show up. <laughs> and I went in and I had this little meeting with them. And uh, the Archie comic people were very aware of who Melissa was because Clarissa was a very big deal. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, uh, you know, I might want to do this as her next project. And they said, okay. And I asked them for a, a an option on it and it cost me a dollar. Wow. And then you took it to Viacom. Uh, they made a movie for Showtime. So uh, we, we were still living in the city and Viacom was right 42nd Street and Broadway. And that was where our yeah. connection was because uh, Clarissa being Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon is a Viacom, Viacom country, yeah. con com country. Company. Viacom country. Company. Well, I actually went to Nickelodeon Pictures first. I went to Debbie BC who ran, uh, it was a new movie division for mm -hmm. Nickelodeon. And I went in and I showed her the comic book and she said, well, uh, I don't think this is a feature film for us, but it might be a good TV movie. So uh, it went off. That's when it was handed off to Perry By the way, Simon. It would have been a great Movie. It would I mean, have been a great movie. Today, you would have made that as, a, as like, a feature. I mean, Harry Potter is a step above, but that mm -hmm. would have been great. Yeah, as a feature. I mean, we did it for Showtime as a movie, and it was really good. So when I made the original deal for Sabrina, it wasn't a deal for a TV series. Mm -hmm. It was a, for a series of movies. So we were going to do three movies for Showtime. But we did the first one, and it did huge numbers. It aired uh, right before Thanksgiving. No, Easter. Sorry, wrong holiday. Right before Easter. And uh, it, it was the highest family film that Showtime had ever had. Well, and the whole wow. time you were doing, um, you were telling them, like, this would be a great series, guys. This would be a great series, guys. And they're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when you went in the editing room. We cut uh, a three-minute uh, videotape 
VHS tape that I carried around to the auditions. And the thing is with the auditions, uh, not auditions, the, uh, the uh, pitch meetings, the pitch meetings, uh, Melissa, you went out to LA. I remember you going, I'm going to LA to pitch the Sabrina show. I was like, yeah, good luck. She's a dreamer. <laughs> well, but I had CAA behind us. So Melissa uh, was doing all these, these public appearances for CAA, uh, for CAA, for Nickelodeon. And I get this call. Some agent from CAA wants to meet with us while we're out in LA once. And CAA, if you don't know, is huge. Like At the huge time, agency. it was the, the largest agency. Right. And yeah, they they want to come see us. Yeah, sure. Okay, we're going to be in trailer number you know four. Come and come and find me. Sure enough, David Tenzer came to find me. Who we still work with. Mm-hmm. He is our, our attorney, but we've been with David Tenzer many years. But he came knocking on the door and he said, "Yeah, I really want to rep you guys." So they were very instrumental in uh, helping us sell, package and sell the pa- show. They packaged the show, and make for it us. a franchise. Yeah, uh, I mean. Go ahead. Give the list of stats that you love to give. Oh, well, we did uh, 163 episodes of the series, uh, three TV movies, uh, two video games, sneakers, ice cream cones. Good Humor had a... Animation show? We did... 65 episodes? 65 episodes of the animated show. Uh, I mean, that just... It became a little... Books. Yes. Sticker books, hair things. But we did 250 titles of books for Scholastic. It is still to date... The uh, largest number of titles for one series. Wow! In, in books and like nobody and really nobody knows that she's the power. Everyone thinks that you know this came from somewhere and my acting made this all happen or something. But um, she not only got the rights, not only made the movie, not only sold it as a series, but hired every cast. When I said I wanted Debbie Harry on the show, or I wanted the Violent Femmes, or I, that she got them. Like she was booking the talent. She was ha- handling the auditions. She was approving the wardrobe. She was doing the editing. I mean, wow! You know, the every music, every write of all the music, hiring all the writers. Um, yeah, all the, the music directors. was a big deal to you. So people that watch it nowadays hear different music because tell them because that one. so our budgets were somewhat limited, right? And the music to uh, to license the music in perpetuity, which is what they like you to do for anything. Anything really? Now you uh, have to. I feel like it, it's huge, huge uh, right. dollar amounts. So, but I mean, if you remember the show, we had Insync, Christina Aguilera. We had um, we had songs Britney from No Spears. Doubt. We had, I mean, and then and then the old timers too. Like we had some older music. Johnny Mathis did a Christmas episode. Yeah. Uh-huh. So those songs are very costly. So if you want to have those songs on, how many times did they get to play? They get to play for two years. And Are you serious? It. And that was it. And then that's why the show song, never went to DVD for a very long, very time. long time because all of the music had to be remastered. Every single episode, all the music was replaced. So for those of you mad out there that um, it didn't get to DVD fast enough for you, blame her. <laughs> <laughs> it's all well, your fault. But, but if I you would, like the show, blame her. <laughs> but at the time, you're not thinking about those things. You're thinking like right well, who, now. Who knew how long it was going to last? Right. And right. would it be a hit? Would it take off? And it clearly. And you did. want it to be the best it can be out of the gate. You know, right. you don't want to. Yeah, you're not really. A TV show, you're not really think- back then. You're not really thinking about the longevity of these things. Maybe they end up on Nick at Night or something back then. Nowadays, with streamers and TiVo and you know all that, I mean, we didn't even think about DVDs back then. I was no. getting VHS copies to take home, right? That you so, never watched. That I never watched, as we've yes, we've established. <laughs> <laughs> someday we'll have to do a Sabrina. So we episode. do have to talk about something that has come up in almost every episode of this podcast, and that is the cat. We understand this cat, Salem, right? That was his Yeah, name. Chris Kirkpatrick had a, he remembers the Justin torturing the torturing cat. Torturing the cat. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, the cat. Uh, Not the real cat. Justin didn't torture a cat. I don't want to make no. it sound like he's a, no, no, no. <laughs> he's he, an animal he's abuse. animatronic cat, people. <laughs> yeah, it's fake cat. Fake he cat. Was, he was playing with it, and this thing cost $250,000. Oh, so oh like, I thought it was one fifty. Okay, I was way off. No, it was two fifty, And we had... We had a sitting up cat and a laying down cat. So you, they were. So it was two different animatronics. Where do you get an animatronic made? So there were places that uh, we went to. People like Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. We went to a number of different places, and we found a place in uh, in LA that did animatronics. And he had several different. There, there were many different cats because <laughs> after the first year, each season you can see the cat change well, a little but, bit. But let, <laughs> let's explain. So for the movie version, for the the launch of it. It was kind of the pilot movie that we shot up in Canada. We only had a live cat. Okay. And we animated his mouth. But the cat had to sit perfectly still, and the mouth just went like this, right? So I was told, and if you look at it, he had a British accent. Oh, yeah. I don't even remember who the voiceover actor was for that. So once we went to the series, I was given the choice. Either we could use a live cat, and he would have three lines per episode, or we could do a puppet cat. Where you could do whatever you wanted. Three to do. lines an episode. Can you Three imagine? Three lines that? an episode. He wouldn't that, be a very big character. No, he would have been it a It would very be a one liner. He'd be running through the room with a one liner. You probably wouldn't even have had to animate his mouth because he could literally could have just run this ran and put it over him like we did a lot of times with yeah. the live cat. Yeah. But uh, we decided to go with the with the puppet cat and the puppet cat then didn't look the first time it looked kinda like a drowned rat, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we weren't really happy with that one and uh, and then and then the show kept going, so but we the got show more kept, money. Yes, as the uh, the budgets increased, they were a- we were able to build a better and better cat. Uh, and then when we did Sabrina Down Under, we needed uh, a love interest for Salem, so we built a. Oh, I forgot about that. We built a white cat, um, but the people who did Babe in Australia built that cat. Oh, so it's actually a better. I thought it was a better puppet. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought they did a better a better job, but. Well, they said cats, so Jim Henson passed because... They passed on it because they said it's too hard to... Uh, to do a cat. To do a cat. They, a dog is much simpler. Because cat has so many, like, muscles too in many its muscles. face. Mm-hmm. So, that, yeah, like, with our cat, you had um, uh, Maury was always under our table or couch or whatever the cat was sitting on. Maury was underneath there, and she would just control the body and the tail. She had two handles. And somebody else was doing and one's the face. The and then there's two other guys, Tom and Jim... With remote controls, almost like little game controls. For eyes and ears. And, uh, well, oh so word. one of them did like the mouth and the cheeks and the chin or the mouth, the yeah, cheeks. It was just this section. And yeah. the nose. And then one did like eyes, eyebrows and ears. And so they all had to work together to make this thing. You know, it was true puppetry in a way of like this choreography of what they had to do for them. And then we had the live cats. We had like 16 live cats. And then we had what we called stuffy so we had a, a, a standing up Stuffy and a sitting down, like laying down and sitting up. And Stuffy's what we used to rehearse, but Stuffy's also what we used when like there's some scenes where he's like fighting something behind the couch and like he's being thrown up in the air. So that's Stuffy. <laughs> or I think he's being dragged behind a car and that's Stuffy. Like So Stuffy was the one we basically abused, but he was what we rehearsed with. And then the animatronics, the same, laying down, sitting up. But uh, you know, so we might have like the live cat. People always ask this question. They just cannot figure out how it works. But like... The live and, and directors didn't know how it works, which is no. why I started directing because the cat was the most difficult part. You know, you'd be like, okay, the cat, real cat would run in. Kathy, our cat trainer, would like beep, beep, beep over here with the food, oh, right? Oh, and we always had to cover up those beeps. The beeps were a big in problem post, in post production. It was always a pain in the you neck. You hear that beep, beep, beep while you're saying your lines. You try not to talk over the beeps, but you never know when she was going to beep it. And the cat's running in and jumps up on the table. Then we cut to the 
close-up of the cat, and now it's the puppet. You know, that But you thing. couldn't do them one-to-one. So you would cut to something else, and then you would cut to the, the, the cat. Because, so there was time. Yeah, because if you went from the live cat to the puppet cat, it was so it's obvious. so obvious. Jarring. Yes. You could go from a really wide, really wide of yes. the cat, like so just now does running it. Stuffy, like live on the back of your sofa somewhere. You know, I don't know why I, I don't, don't have stuffy. Of all the things I've stolen, some of them are behind me. If you're watching on YouTube, <laughs> some of the stuff I've stolen from sets is behind me. But um, or we'll bring in. We'll have we'll have some new stuff coming in soon. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I it's I I take something from every set, and for some reason I don't have stuffy. Stuffy was always pretty beat up, though. Yeah, he stuffy got, wasn't something we like really he got took run care over of. A, run over by a car. I mean, many, he did many times. get run over quite a few times. Yeah. Remember, we had the cat drive a fire truck. He always drove like vehicles too. And we dressed him. Oh, the most fun that the, the costume department had was <laughs> they building the costumes the for him. <laughs> they building loved the costumes building for the cat. Those you know costumes. how people love to put their pets in outfits. Do you put your pets in outfits, Amanda? Uh, occasionally, the dog will get in an outfit. The girls dress the cat in much oh. different dismay all the time. But yeah. yeah. I, I, I feel like it's a small amount of torture, but, you know, once in a while, for a Halloween costume, it's got to happen. Hillary loves to dress my dog. Hillary will show, <laughs> our friend Hillary. It's our good friend. Will yeah. show up at my house with costumes for my dog. That makes sense. <laughs> and she'll just go in another room and all She's of a sudden, crafty. Sunday runs through. The last one was an ice cream Sunday, like a banana split. <laughs> so she just runs through the room and I'm like, what is is she wearing ice cream? And Hillary's just like, hey. Sunday's oh, so wearing Hillary a Sunday. Would like work, working in the costume department. Oh, she would. Yeah, our costume She'd be great department had too. some fun. I mean, we got to do some crazy stuff. So now Salem lives in a museum. Is that correct? Yes. The Atlanta Puppetry Museum? Yes. Puppetry Arts. Museum. The Puppetry Arts but Museum wait, in Atlanta. So we had this argument with Chris. Yes, he was in the Smithsonian. Oh, she I watched okay. that episode. Okay, okay good. <laughs> Mom's a fan, Amanda. Mom's a fan. I'm so glad. Yes. Uh, if your mom wasn't only... a fan, we're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, this might really. be the only thing of mine she's ever watched. <laughs> just, just kidding. You she created all. it. She definitely watched it. You know, how, when I edit her stuff, how many times I have to see her do the same thing over, over and over and over Well, let's talk about Melissa and Joey. So we started off with the movie. So I had done Holiday in Handcuffs and had a relationship right. with ABC Family. And we we had a project, My Fake Fiance, that mom was a big fan of. Wonderful. It's a, I, I don't know love that, that movie. Oh, it's so you it's so right up fun. your alley. It's okay. about a wedding. Joey and I meet at a wedding. And they and hate each we other. We hate each other. But he uh, his stuff all got stolen. and my No, my stuff got stolen and he needs money for a bad bet he placed. And so we decide that we can, I mean, if these guys can get married and get all this loot, why can't we? So we decide we're going to fake a marriage so that I can get stuff and he can get the money and we're going to split it when we divorce. So we fake a wedding. And it's, No, you, you were actually never going to go through with the wedding. I thought we were. No, you were going to call it off after. Oh. Oh. But somehow we end up on the altar. Anyway, well, I won't ruin it for you, but it's really fun. It's a really we're going to add this to the media retreat because okay, we're doing a media. Re- we got to go away for like five months and watch a ton of <laughs> stuff, read every much. book. So here's the crazy thing, though: we have to have you back on, mom, because she's a binger. This woman is a binger. I know, and we haven't even gotten there yet. Oh my gosh, so she got... TV shows, movies, but she's watched every movie ever nominated for everything, including animation. So she's seen Encanto. No reason to. She doesn't have little uh, ones because at home. it's amazing. I know. I, we're. We've got to be getting close to triple digits in my house. Oh, gosh. I love it, though. Oh, my gosh. Well, so we, so one other show. I mean, obviously, we have our Lifetime Christmas movies, and we've had, um, oh, and Nine Dead is one of your favorite projects. Talk about that real quick, and then we'll get in Melissa and Joey. So there was a, a, a script that came across my desk that I thought, oh, let's put Melissa in the thriller. Let's give her And something. I had avoided thrillers. I had literally avoided thrillers because I was asked to be in all these horror movies, but I never thought any of them were as good as Scream. Scream was as good as it was going to get. I was never going to do anything like that. 
But then I was like, but it would be fun to be in that genre. Looking like a true 90s kid. <laughs> I know. I was like, you know, if Screams, if I didn't get Scream, then there's no point in doing these other crappy versions. So mom finds this script, Nine Dent. She's like, you got to be in this thriller. And so she acquires it and finances it. And, and, and produced it. And it was a very self-contained film. It, it takes place like, well, it, the final uh, the final version of it takes mm-hmm. place mainly in this one location. But it was they, great for me. I just had a baby. I just had Brady, my second and so I was breastfeeding. He, he's only two months old, I think. And uh, I got to be in the same wardrobe. We're handcuffed to poles. There's nine of us in a, in like a basement room, all stuck on poles. So there's no blocking. There's no wardrobe changes. All, and every day we're shooting it sequentially. Like we're literally shooting it in order, which never happens in a movie. Sorry, I keep interrupting. No, and it was, uh, it, it was a low-budget movie, and it was a lot of fun to do. We shot it in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had some partners in it and it was really a fun, different kind of movie for Melissa to do. My husband and I financed it. And, uh, but then the, uh, the foreign sales company went bankrupt. Oh no. So yeah. So, uh, we lost. So it's out there, uh, but Everybody it's there. Go find it. But what's funny is it's just it floating was, in never, never land. It was very much, if you like saw, you will like, and the thing is saw the saw, um, franchise was out at the time and they were just pumping those out. This is and pretty I, brutal. This is, so once every hour, if they didn't solve this riddle, like uh, somebody gets shot, somebody head. somebody's gonna somebody yeah. gets oh yeah. goodness gracious and they drag it's an escape out room, but they all have to figure out what they have in common, why they're all in that room, and uh, and there's fights and some people know each other and they're trying to figure out why people know each other, but nobody's given any secrets up and stuff. But the thing is, I had watched the Saw movies and I said to my mom like when she handed me the script, I was like, but mom. It's a lot like Saw. Have you seen Saw? She's like, oh, I don't watch those horror movies. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> You're about to produce one. I, mean, I don't either. <laughs> I have a great appreciation for that. Like, I think it, people who love horror. It's not your have a great thing. thing. Mm-hmm. Have a great time with it. Don't need to no, see it. No, I just can't do Amanda it. Amanda likes things bright and cheery and oh, beautiful. Disney movies. Yeah. Well, even the, as a child, Disney movies were too much for me. I remember loving Disney princesses, but if you tried to get me to sit down and watch like Beauty and the Beast, I loved Belle. I was obsessed. I wanted to be Belle. I would pretend to run through my backyard, you know, like she did when she goes to the meadow with her basket. But the second you would try and get me to watch that, I'm like, Mm-mm, no, 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 no. The Beast ruins everything. Oh, really? <laughs> everything gets too oh, dark. Funny. Well, you know the the movie that I was always scared to death of was uh, 101 Dalmatians. Yes, Cruella. so Cruella used to Terrifying. come for me every night when I was a little girl. My my parents took me to see 101 Dalmatians, and every night Cruella would come and knock on the front door to come and get me. And every night my dad would say, I would hide behind the chair. This is my dreams. Mm-hmm. And I, I would hide behind the chair in the living room, and my dad would say, no, she's not here. Come back tomorrow. I said, why do you have to say come back tomorrow? Like, how about she doesn't live here anymore? Yeah. No, instead <laughs> you he got the come, wrong house. But he came back. She came back every night for me. Oh, for I had years. that experience with, um, I was a little tiny girl, and probably like, four or five, way too young to be seeing horror movies at all. But we lived with my grandparents at the time and my sister and I slept on what was like a back porch that had been enclosed. And so there was a window from our bed, like into the living room. And so I remember I would, at night I would kind of, when I couldn't sleep, peek up through the window and watch TV through it. (laughs) And so one night they were watching it. Oh, and I, of course, that's when I had no for. idea what it was. <gasps> and I'm sure I didn't watch the whole thing, but I spent the oh. rest of my childhood probably way too long to be afraid of anything. But I was terrified of air vents. 
Oh. And street and you know, street the, drains. The, the drains. Drain. Tucker yes. is too. My Tucker because them. he's obsessed with it, but he doesn't understand it. And I it's was horrifying. It's horrifying. Like I, I read were, the script, Amanda. I was oh. auditioning for the movie, and my sister and I sat in the back of our like station wagon. She helped me study the lines for my audition. I didn't read the whole script. I didn't read the book. I read a few scenes, Mm-mm. and she and I were haunted for yes, like, terrified day. I've me still never seen as, it as an adult. I remember. I would not like. I would open the bathroom door before I'd flush the toilet, so I could run because oh I, yeah, like the noise would cover my screams if he came for me. Well, the what, were the, what were the animals that grew out of the toilet too? Not gremlins. There was something. Um, there was a movie box cover. We used to go to the movies, like the blockbuster, and the cover of the movie was like a, a monster, like looked like a gremlin coming out of the toilet. And Trisha and I were always like. What is that? And so we'd always be afraid of like going to the bathroom. We'd always go right. to the bathroom together in case that thing came out and bit you on the butt. It was terrifying. I think that's what killed horror movies for me forever. Yeah. I was so young, but I just was like, nope. I, mean, I nope. loved them. Like I loved them, especially in like my 20s. Then I had kids. I didn't want to watch it anymore. Mm-mm. I don't want to go to Halloween Horror Night. I don't want to see skeletons. I don't want any reminder of mortality. I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want it. Um, but wait. Okay, so now. Well, listen, Joey. Joey. So fake fiance transitions into... Well, let's say, let's tell them how we uh, we got Joey. So Melissa and I are driving, uh, we're parking in the shopping mall at, at Sherman Oaks, California, and we're trying to figure out who should be the, her co-star in this, My Fake Fiance. And we're driving through, and we're going through the Dancing with the Stars people. Because I had just done one with Mario, and we were yeah. like, well, that was a great you know, combination, the two of us, and he was on Dancing with the Stars. Who else are they having on Dancing with the Stars that maybe we're missing like a, like a great face popular person who hasn't worked in a minute. That makes total sense, yeah. And Melissa said, what about Joey Lawrence? I went, I have known Joey Lawrence since he's four years old because he was one of those kids on the audition route. Uh, right. We would see them, we all, would see the them all the time. And his mom, Donna, I knew them and I knew the, the brothers. And I said, what about Joey? So we called him up and sure enough, Joey and Melissa had amazing chemistry in this movie. It was a lot of fun. He has, He's got great comic timing uh, and... Then because that movie and he's pretty, <laughs> and the and the movie did really well. I can't say that he's like the, a brother. It's weird. You're allowed to say your brother's pretty. No. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. But he, um, the the network. This was ABC Family called me up mm-hmm. and said, you know, we really like them. We don't want to do a, a sequel to My Fake Fiance, but we do want to develop a show be- with the two of them as leads. And then my thing was, I wanted to. With Sabrina, I felt like I was always the one that was the the grounded one, the uh, the the what's like like the the center of the tornado, the one holding it together, the one yeah. trying to fix everything. And I was like, I don't want to be that anymore. I want to be the tornado. And, <laughs> Let uh, me screw all the things up. Yeah, I want to be the flawed character. I want to be the goofball. I want to be the Lucy. And so uh, the writers developed it so that well, but what we Joey was, could be the straight man, and I could kind of be the. But I threw it out to many different writers. And we kind of auditioned the writers so they could come in and pitch us what they thought the character should be. I remember somebody pitched Joey as being a guitar player and he playing in a band and then you, you meet up with him. But um, Bob Young and David Kendall came up with this idea of a politician mm-hmm. um, and, and then having to have a nanny. And we thought... That kind of worked. Yeah, really so my well. sister goes to, for those people that haven't seen it. It's actually my favorite show that I've ever been on. Like, I know people get bummed that it's not Sabrina or Clarissa, but Melissa and Joey was the most fun for me. I mourned that character when I was done playing her, when I knew I wasn't going to get another day of playing her because it was so fun. 
you know, she was a lush, she was a slut, she was just, you know, <laughs> but she had a good heart, but she's trying to raise this niece and nephew because her sister's in prison and she's got to take care of them, but she knows nothing about having kids. She's very selfish and all she cares about is her closet and her heels and her lifestyle and and her dating life. And then she's got these kids she's got to take care of and Joey moves in and he's a pain in the ass. And it was it was so much fun to play that character. And um, and that was like, even though it was really, really hard for me personally to be in that role because I was living with my family in Connecticut, but shooting in L.A. Mm-hmm. And the show kept going and going, but it wasn't consistent schedule. It was a no, it messed wasn't. up schedule. And so, you know, as soon as it was like, okay, we're back on. We got 20 episodes. You got to get out here. It was like, Wait now, I got what I. But what about right. the kids' school and what should we do with and what about you know? She had so three kids. Constant shifting. At first, I only had two, had two. and when the third one came, then we, we had, had to, to take together. A, we had to take a season off for her to have. Uh, that is not true. To have Tucker. That is not true. The network came to me and said, "If you want to get pregnant, get pregnant now. We're going to take a long break." Everyone blamed it on me. Thanks. <laughs> the whole crew thought it was my fault, but it wasn't. But like eight of the crew members had babies that summer. That was a big, big popular year. Yeah. Twenty twelve, and so. The first two years, I went out by myself and I left the two little ones at home and I it broke my heart and I was severely depressed and it was just such an easy schedule. And then there I am by myself, right? not even getting to be at dinner with them or weekends or sports or whatever. And then. Um, OK, but let's go back. When we did the pilot, Melissa lived in Los Angeles. Right. And no. Yes, no. you did. Nope. Think again. No, you. Nope. It, it, Nope. <laughs> nope. It was before. Nope. And I told Try her. Try again. I said. It was the end of 2009. I had just moved. I had said to her, pilot. don't move because this series is going to go. And I went back to our childhood rule of don't change your life plans for a possibility. We hadn't even shot the pilot yet. You were like, we are going to shoot a pilot probably by the end of the year. And I put my house in the market year before that. And it finally sold in like June or July and I moved in August and I came right back to do Dancing with the Stars and we tagged the pilot onto the end of Dancing with the Stars. So 2009, I was in season eight or something of Dancing with the Stars and then we, I stayed an extra week to do the pilot. And then it was another six months till the show even went. Till the show got picked up, yeah. So then I had to come out for months and months at a time. And uh, I started flying home every weekend so I could be there for soccer games and stuff. But that was exhausting because I'm taking red eyes. Basically, I'm not sleeping on Friday night and I'm coming back. But then we ended up making it a four-day work week so I could actually go home for a three-day weekend. And then when I had Tucker in 2012, I was able to bring the whole family out with me, which wasn't easy on, on them. They're doing half the school year in L.A., half the school year in Connecticut. But it was public school, elementary yeah, school. Elementary they were okay. school. Yeah, they jumped around a little bit, but they were okay. And it gave them a chance to learn a lot of different, kind of see a lot of different ways. Like California has a big emphasis on the English language. and. Mm-hmm. When we went to school out there, they were like, oh, they don't really know nouns and verbs and stuff. But then back home, it was like a major focus on STEM. But in California, they learned cursive. They weren't learning that in California, right. I mean, in Connecticut anymore. So it was like this interesting thing going on. So I hope that I did them well. But at the same time, I feel like dragging them around like that might have damaged They're amazing. Me. You've done a great job. Thanks. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's like... And then we've done our Christmas movies and we got a bunch of stuff in the works. We've got animated projects and we have our company Heartbreak Films. I try to we keep up on that. We didn't even talk about you being the voice of uh, Hilda and Zelda in the animated series. Oh yeah, I was the voice of Hilda and Zelda. Both of them? But it's funny, I'm mm-hmm. just this voice. This is my voice. For both of them. Well, they were teenagers because they were teenagers, but Sabrina well, is a little girl and that's my sister Emily, who was cousin Amanda on Sabrina in the animated series. She plays Sabrina. So what happened, uh, ABC, the show was very very big on ABC. And mm-hmm. they came to me and said, well, we'd like to do a an an- Saturday morning animated show. Great. And they wanted to do it side by side with, with the, uh, the live action Sabrina. I said, well, I don't want to do it the same. 
There's just so many stories you can tell. I want to do something different. So I said, let's age her down. And we made Sabrina younger. Equal. Yes. And uh, so that's when we developed it that way. And it was working with Jerry Laybourne. Uh, who was the president of Nickelodeon. And she, when she was doing Clarissa. And then she moved to ABC. And so that's when she wrote my recommendation for college. That's a nice recommendation letter yeah, to get. She's awesome. So I have a question. The So you created this empire with Sabrina and it just kept going and you guys have so much in the works. But did you have anything to do with the new Sabrina? The, no. How did no. you feel about that? Uh, you know, we kind of gave up the rights. Uh, there was an opportunity for us to continue with it, but... Uh, the Archie comic book, uh, the people that I dealt with all passed away and it was passed down to the younger generation. Well, and they built those other, that whole new set of Archie comics, the actual comic books. Right. So the Chilling Adventures is actually a comic book that's totally different and it has more of a witchcraft because Sabrina, our Sabrina was It was funny, fun, lighthearted. Yeah, yes. sitcom that, and it was it gets, magic. Yeah. Not witchcraft. witchcraft. And this new one was, was no more sorcery. like- it was more like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, something that we tried to avoid, actually, because our company, Heartbreak Films, we always said was more about stuff that families could watch together, stuff you can sit down with your kids and watch and not be, it's not geared towards one or the other. It's kind of for both. Mm-hmm. So Salem brings the comedy right. and Sabrina, right. right, that that goes over kids' heads but hits the adults in the right, in the right way. Um, and yet, you know, kids and teenagers can watch it and feel safe. So... And, and enjoy it as well. And so we always wanted our company, Heartbreak Films, to sort of be along those lines. Except the one time we deviated was Nine Dead. It was Nine Dead. <laughs> we Don't watch that with a, your kids. We almost started <laughs> a new company just, just to have it. It really doesn't fit with our or so, yeah. 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 That's great. So what's next in the so empire? We've got a few things in the works. I mean, right now we're uh, we're still focusing on our holiday movies. And um, and now we're looking at some true crime movies. And, and some uh, indie- indi- independent features from Melissa to direct. Yeah, my directing career has been really, really taken off. So I have to call my mom every once in a while and go, let's do a movie that I can act in so I can get my insurance, please. <laughs> <laughs> so we always try to accommodate that. Yeah, it's great because it keeps us. You know, my mom travels a lot. So not only does this woman binge every book you've ever heard of, she's read. And every movie you've ever heard of, she's watched. And every TV show, she's watched the entire series. Or like Outlander three times. Oh my gosh, everything. And she's watched Game of Thrones three, six times. And, and wow. then everything current. And then every movie that you've never even heard so of. So not only are you like, so you're, A, you're self-made. You just worked your way into all of this. But now you're like an expert on it. Well, since she's an empty nester, finally, she's not only that, she travels the world. There, her pass, She just had to hand in her passport because there were too many stamps in it. I, I didn't have any pages Not left. because it was expired. because so you're doing life the right way, in my opinion. This is and what I want empty nesting it. to look like for me. Oh, yeah. No, and she's van lifing it. So, like, they're in the van and they drive all around the country. And my husband all the right now is on a three-month ski trip. So she's coming around the country seeing her grandkids so Three she's like, here seeing ours and then she's going to new york and skiing, and skiing yes so and she's going from here step. to new york to pennsylvania to paris back to new york down to st croix and then back to san diego to see emily like okay you go do your movies i'm gonna hang out with your mom <laughs> oh, i want to hang out with my mom i want to be her when i grow up <laughs> this is amazing yeah i want to be you when i grow up this is incredible and you guys make such a great team your chemistry together obviously works do you have this kind of dynamic with all of your children i don't think so you have a really strong relationship with every single one of your children. Yes, they're all very different relationships. I mean, she was on the phone all morning with the two in Paris. Like, Well, what, yeah, now one's in Mexico City. One's in Mexico City, <laughs> but they call her every... I mean, every one of us like calls you every day. I'm yeah. probably the only one that doesn't call as much. No, and it's funny. When we do call, we talk mostly business. Which After I hang up, I say, but not really. I mean, it puts us on the phone together. We always kind of touch on what's going on. 
But, but it's always like, well, remember that project or. Well, right. It's also because the other ones call you with problems and I don't <laughs> call you with problems. Like, it's funny. I, I, I have gone to therapy here and there mm-hmm. over the years. Um, I haven't really been consistent with it. But the first time I ever tried therapy, of course, it was all the your mom, your mom, your mom. And I'm like. So I'm like, anytime I sit down with a therapist, I'm like, let's not talk about my mom because I don't have an issue there. She's like, amazing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we, have, we work out our issues and our family very much wears their heart on their sleeve. <laughs> heart, the heart. Get it. Um, but we we do that whole yell, scream, fight, throw a chair, and then we're over it. And we don't yep. we don't hold grudges. We no don't bring things up again. And not in an unhealthy, like, not that we don't bring things up in you an just unhealthy way. Just get it out. The time. Yeah, we and don't cover over. it up. Yeah, we just kind of like, we, we, we definitely like yell it out, scream it out get it out and especially working together you, you know, learned really fast I'm well, people always go how's it to work with your mom and I'm always like well who do you trust more than your mom to take care of you and your career you know mm-hmm. I know that there's a lot of parents out there um that take advantage or living vicariously through that's not the situation you oh know? no I she <laughs> like no I don't want your job this is the most she's ever talked <laughs> and I am like not good on camera I don't I disagree wholly I think you look amazing on camera and you have so much to say that I think everybody's gonna love to hear she's starting to like go to comic cons here and there and like talk about it a little bit but like it's I much not her thing to be behind the scenes and what's funny is even in production like I prefer to be on set during production she wants to do post and I hate post <laughs> but there so it's you like go. she wants to be in the it's editing a, bay watching it, is it the dream it team well and yeah. I said for me uh, you know during Sabrina this whole thing this take your daughter to work day started and I said I am blessed because I get to take my daughter to work every day that's and right. I get to take my mommy to work every day. That's so cool. Yeah. No, it's really wonderful. I just love y'all. I love this. One of the most important things I've learned as I age is that I don't want to look like I'm aging. <laughs> so Same. you know I do that, <laughs> right? Don't we all? I have been protecting my skin with apostrophe. I have to say, my skin is glowing thanks to my apostrophe prescription. Yeah, apostrophe is a prescription skincare company. It offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear up acne and to help with your unique skin. So whether it's age spots or it's wrinkles or whatever your challenge is, apostrophe can help. And it's personalized treatment plans by a board-certified dermatologist, and it is perfectly tailored to you and your unique skin. And all you have to do is fill out apostrophe's online quiz about your skin, tell them what your goals are, your medical history. Uh, You take a few selfies. I recommend doing that before you log on because the quiz is so fast. And then a dermatologist will create a custom treatment plan, and they will email it directly to you. I love their packaging. Like their packaging is really cute. So mine is to put on at night. So I have a little PM sticker that I stuck on yes. the top of it. Oh, I love how you get to decorate your bottle and make it uniquely yours. And the company checks in on you too. Yeah, make they sure want to make sure everything's going well. Yeah, that everything's working well for you. So we have a deal for our audience. You can save $15 off your first visit with an apostrophe provider at apostrophe.com slash WWB when you use our code WWB. And this code is only available to our listeners. And to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash WWB and click begin visit. Then use our code WWB at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash WWB and use that code WWB to get your dermatologist crafted treatment plan for $5. And we want to thank Apostrophe for being a wonderful sponsor of What Women Binge. Should we ask her our questions? Yes, let's ask her some questions. And then we've gone way over our time, peeps. Thanks for yeah. sticking with us. We're going to have to have you come back again because we never oh, even got to touch on what you're binging. Talk about all the things she's into. All right, Mom, what show is in your continue to watch on your Netflix queue that you just haven't gotten through? That you're kind of like, oh, I should probably finish that, but I haven't. Um, can we not make Netflix? Can we say yeah, whatever? HBO? Oh, anything you want. Okay, so it's the the new Sex in the City. 
Oh, oh you never and got just through like it? that. Yeah, I have, I'm having a very hard time. It's getting so hard. It. Did you watch the first one? Uh, Sex in the City. Yeah, all of it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I never really. Watched I it didn't. Was... I didn't watch it while it was airing. Uh, when it was originally, new. I watched it and binged it instead. Okay. I now am such a binge watcher. Well, you're on I don't the perfect like show. to wait. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to wait. I want to. I want to see it right away. Well, you you have a lot to get to. You have to. You know. You have to go ski in Germany and uh, you know hit the beaches of Mexico. Oh well, I think it's Mallorca in a couple of weeks. Oh jeez, Louise. Um, <laughs> what's a book that's been on your nightstand too long? I have to say, this is the Debbie Harry book. Oh yeah, you're struggling with that one. I am. Uh, I am too. I really wanted to I like it. Really like her. So it's really like her. She was on Sabrina. Huh? Oh, and I'm a huge fan. So I'm listening to the audiobook and she's reading the book, and it's it's just slow. It's just not what I want. I wanted more excitement. I mean, it's a long one though, so maybe towards maybe the it's end. redeeming at the end. Yeah, I might. Need she's to such push a cool through. person. You'd think that, and I want to have her on here, up, but it needs to pick up. Speed. She gives a lot of detail. So if you really want to know about Debbie Harry, you can. But. Um, I don't know. I, I suggest the Penny Marshall one if you haven't done that one. Okay. That's a good one. Um, what's your go-to podcast? Do you listen to podcasts? I don't. Well, listen now she's yours. <laughs> this is the fir- my first. I'm Just a only listen to ours because listening really helps us get up in the ratings. Um, what's a show you watch only to have something to talk about with other people? Or maybe that's how it started out. Oh, this whole like water cooler type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nowadays, um, there isn't anything because I don't want to waste my time. I watch only what I want to watch. What about your husband? What about Leslie? Like, is there something you have to watch for him? Yeah, Billions. Oh. Billions. Not into it, but he loves it? Yeah, you know, I like the old season, The new this new season I'm not a big fan of. Here's a little thing I didn't mention about my mom. She's also a big party queen. The only person oh, that I really? know on New Year's that got so wrecked that she puked. I did. I threw up this, <laughs> this on New Year's. New Year's. Also loves to go, has traveled the world for DJs and goes to different raves. I am hanging out with your mom. I'm I mean, sorry. partied in Ibiza. Uh, like, I went to a rave in, in Versailles. You went to a rave in Versailles? She's crazy. I'm going to ask this question. She hangs out more episode. with my 25-year-old sister than with her 45-year-old daughter. There are but, no- but we used to do that when you were 25. I know. We used to go raving. I heard a story I, I, about the I outgrew limelight. it. Somebody else didn't outgrow it. I heard a story about the limelight. Ah, uh, yes. Limelight was my place. That was my Friday night spot. That was her jam. I met my husband at a nightclub. Yeah. Really? Yes, a gay I club. Did. And I picked him up at the nightclub. A gay club. Yes. <laughs> but he was a hairdresser, so he was with his gay friends. Yeah. And I well, was he knew that was where friend. the unsuspecting women were, he always says. That's that. what he tells us. Ah, uh, so he was on the prowl. He knew what he was doing. He knew what he oh, was yes. doing because he knew there was no other threat around. Okay, okay. Um, What's a show? Oh, we already talked about that. What's your all-time favorite music? No. Movie. I can't read. <laughs> Where are your glasses? <laughs> Where are my glasses? I'm getting old. Put them on, honey. <laughs> All-time favorite movie, Mommy? Gee, that's a tough one. I know at Christmas on, time it's one. White Christmas. Yes. We know that. that I have to watch White Christmas. Do we need to do it by season? Springtime favorite movie? No, you see, it doesn't, can't, can't quite do that. I don't even know. With you, it's like weird. I, I have a lot of favorite movies. Okay, name three. All right, Princess Bride. Oh, that's mine. You stole. Not fair. Go on. I didn't steal it. Like our entire family loves that movie. It's so funny. That's like our family movie. Um, with with six, you get egg roll. Oh, do you know that movie? Well, yeah, we. Yeah, you always liked Cheaper by the Dozen too. Yeah, Cheaper. They just remade that again. They did. Yes. Wait, no, they remade it a few years ago. No, but there's a new. There's something I heard something yesterday about Jeez Cheaper Louise. by the Dozen. Oh, Zach I Braff to... is. Re- oh, we love Zach Braff. Oh, Zach Braff's doing it. Yeah, that's right. And Steve Martin did so. There's been three. Steve Martin yeah. did it in Versions. the early 2000s, I think. Yeah, yes. I think so. That's crazy. So wait, name another one. Birds. Oh, 
as a it's favorite? It's so funny you say that because there have been birds surrounding yeah. my house recently. I walked outside the other day and actually our friend Brooke, my neighbor, was like, hey, what's going on with that tree that you're videotaping? Because I was videotaping the tree because it was so loud. I think I posted it. So loud. The birds were so loud. I thought I was in the movie. Oh. They were like overwhelmingly. I stepped outside. I thought there was an engine ro- roaring somewhere and it was the birds. Oh, so watch crazy. out, mom. Well, that's Stand at my house. and I'm not. I don't like horror movies. I, I hate horror movies. But, I, the but Hitchcock's birds, a different style. It is a different. Yeah, and there was just something about it. That, I can watch a Hitchcock film, and it doesn't affect me like other it's horror twisted. films. Twisted. It's more psychological. Yeah, I, I don't want to watch. Uh, you know, I go the. <laughs> oh. I'm Sorry, not the only one like, today. <laughs> movies, I hate the those. blood and guts movies. Yes. I don't like that either. Lawn well, I don't know where your grandson Tucker came from then, because no, I don't know where he, he got loves that, that stuff, man. Uh, beauty product you can't live without my La Mer face cream. Oh, really? Still working mm. the La Mer? I like that one. Yes. What show did you expect to like but ended up disliking? And just like that. And just like that. Okay. I because I thought it was yeah. going to be because you know coming off of Emily in Paris. You liked that one? You didn't like that one? I didn't like it initially. Oh, you liked it now? I only it, made it like I never watched it because in. of you. <laughs> you always hated it. Oh, you could only made See, she didn't I only say, made it like Yeah, you know, I, I found it a very, um, just like stereotyping. Yes. And all these, the French people. And this girl was an idiot. And like, why, why is she being sent anywhere? But it really grew on me. And the, the locations. It's uh, beautifully it's done. Beautiful. The clothes are gorgeous. So Patricia Fields does, did the first season. She doesn't do the second season. Oh, Patricia Fields. Who's that? Oh my gosh. She owned a store on 8th Street. She did Sex Street, City. In, oh. But she owned a store on New York, in New York City on 8th Street, and that's where you'd go to get your go-go boots. Every Saturday night, just before I would go out dancing. You'd go buy She'd a new go outfit. there and buy an a outfit. A new wig or a new, yeah. She oh was like, well, she dressed a lot of drag queens, right? Wasn't yeah, it a big a drag queen drag. store, too? Yeah. So yeah, not was... only would I like hanging out with your mom, I have a feeling I'd enjoy your mom's closet. Oh, for oh. sure. <laughs> for sure. My with her color blocking here or whatever we want to call this tone on tone outfit that you're wearing. Your, your minty. Monochrome. Monochrome. <laughs> tone on tone. Did I say tone on tone again? Yes. <laughs> okay. Where does this come from? I don't know. It's a tone. She's wearing a tone. Um, if you could take one food to a deserted island, what would it be? Wait, let me guess. Baklava. Oh. That's actually a family joke. That's a very. F- she doesn't even like baklava. I thought for years she liked baklava. Well, did you hear that Alex gave me baklava for Christmas? Yes, you told my me. son-in-law. So there's a there's a story. So Melissa, uh, every year she would give me baklava for. Christmas. Or like if we were having Christmas at our house, be like, I got baklava, and she'd be like, Great. And I was like, Yeah. And then and then just like two years ago, she finally I- said to me, uh, You know, don't you love your baklava? I said, I like baklava. She said, But isn't your favorite dessert? No, Pavlova's my favorite. Pavlova. Dessert. I was confused for many, Wrong. many years. <laughs> but she, for years, she gave me baklava. <laughs> or I always had him like, I got baklava. And I had no I idea what, what the connection was. I thought it was, yeah, Pavlova. There's a lot of V's. Wrong cuisine. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. There's a lot of K's and V's or something like that. Pavlova, baklava. I don't know. Um, what is one book you have on your bucket list that you haven't gotten to? The Outlander books. Oh. Series. I You've have seen them. the series so many times. I have. I've. You read the Game of Thrones books. I did, but I have not read the Outlander books, and I'm huge fan of the series. Did you read all of the Harry Potters? No, I stopped. I read the first four. Oh, interesting. Uh, movie you feel like you should have watched, but you haven't. You've seen like everything. I don't know if there's that. If that's out there. Have you ever seen a John Wayne movie? I've seen lots of John Wayne movies. Elvis. Yeah, I was never a big Elvis uh, fan. Catherine Hepburn. Yep, I told you, uh, African Queen. I don't understand why you haven't seen. I've that. never seen a Catherine Hepburn movie. It's a, it's like a, it's like a crime. 
We we did watch a Captain. Should be drawn and quartered. Together. That's the first time on Golden Pond. True, yeah. but that's recent. Oh, but that's oh. yeah. She, she was old then. Right. Well, but that's I mean, still her. <laughs> no, I know. But what I'm saying it wasn't her. It wasn't in her years. It wasn't yeah. in her heyday. But that was my first time ever seeing a Catherine Hepburn movie. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, workout or class you're obsessed with? Mom, you took your first Orange Theory oh, class. I took my this first Orange Theory class. Mm. I dragged her butt. Yes, I will see. You're how be they, so sore when but you But I am up. obsessed with Pilates. Oh. oh. I can't get her to do Pilates with me. I love I will. It's just expensive for the little bit of stretching that I'm going to get. I just got myself a Pilates. (laughs) I didn't get myself. I got it for Christmas. The machine? Yes. I have a reformer at home, and I use it every day, religiously. See, Melissa? I know. We could be long and lean in no time. I do it. It does. It changes your body like that. I don't think Listen it works to your for mother. me. Huge. Have you huge tried change. it? I sweat. I like to sweat a lot. But I've been doing Pilates since the 90s. Mom, what's your most juicy guilty pleasure? I don't think I can say that right now. Oh, <laughs> gross. <I don't, laughs> your husband doesn't count. This is disgusting. <laughs> um, yeah, don't share a wall with this woman. Um, <laughs> so, Mom. We try to be careful when there's common walls. It's, in our family, it's called, um, oh my gosh, Naked City? What are we oh, called? Naked City, yes. <laughs> That's how we were told as kids, like, don't come in, we're playing Naked City. Okay. Why are you telling my secrets? <laughs> oh, I love it, Naked oh. City. Um, my husband's very hot, all right? Okay, hey, you know? <laughs> okay, I'll be all right. Hey, um, if we're, let's just say, if we're empty nesters and our husbands are still hot and this is what our life is, I am for it. Hey, I am too, I just don't need to hear about my mom doing it. Well, okay. I mean, Mandy, you can call me and tell me all about yours, but... <laughs> I don't want to hear my mom. Uh, well, you've got a bunch of siblings, so I think you understand. I do understand that they've done it se- seven times. <laughs> Melissa said to me at one Only point. Only seven times. At one point, That's it. She, uh, when she was first learning about sex, she. Oh, uh, she can't wait for this. Ew, mom, you did it five times. <laughs> <laughs> Brady said the same thing to me when he figured out how to do it. He goes, you did it three times? Because I told him, he goes, here's the deal. I'll do it one time just to have a baby, but that's it. I'm only giving you one grandkid. And I was like, okay. And he goes, but you did it three times? And I said, because I said to him, you might find out that, I said, some people like it. So you might end up liking it when you get older. And he goes, are you one of the people that likes it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, parenting is fun. Go talk to your grandma. (laughs) Go talk to your grandma. (laughs) Got your work cut out for you now. (laughs) Jeez. Um, uh, I need I need to see your phone. We need to see how many oh, unread goodness. emails you have on your phone. I I'm, this is how we get to really know people. I don't know, but I think I think she's up to date. I bet she has a very low number. I'm gonna guess. I I'm gonna guess know. it's in the twenties. And these ten. Are, and these are only she since has ten. I've, Show her your page. And this is only because it's I've been sitting in here. I went this to is dinner. Why she thinks there's something wrong with me. Oh wait, it just reloaded. I went to dinner the other night with somebody who had more than Amanda, and 13. it was insane. Thirteen. I know someone who has over 300 voicemails on her phone. And I, it's I can't do that. I don't know how many voicemails I can't I have. keep any red. Here's the problem. I don't even keep any red things on my <laughs> I have 118 dogs. unlistened voicemails. <gasps> 118? <laughs> I feel like mine shuts down after I have 10. Yeah, I know. Look, but this is what drives me crazy about my mom. I'm not going to show everyone your page here, but um, she has every single app. Is There's no... There's no folders. There's no system for it. There's I no know, folders. I, she was trying to find the Orange Theory app today to sign up for a class, and she could. She's scrolling. She's you doing just this. Flip down swipe, and you swipe. Find swipe. Bar. I know. I, she didn't know that. I didn't she's know. She's also that swiping, either. swiping, looking for orange, looking for orange. I'm like, dude, put it in a folder called workouts. Like, I know. You know. I'm gonna, I'll I'm gonna tell you what the problem today. is. You know what my problem is? I don't know how to move it from one screen to the next one. 
Okay, that's fair. Push it down and you slide it. You keep it. But it doesn't go over to the. I'll show you how it does. Thank you. Just have to hold it. Well, Melissa has been on me now for an entire season about my emails because I reached a very high number. Like, like, ridiculous. Like, you'll never guess how high her number was. Like a thousand? 92 more than that. 92,000 times. That. <laughs> what? 92,000. Okay, but one of our friends the other night beat me. Yes. And it's the first time somebody has actually beat me. And her phone Are is making me crazy. Are you not interested in... So, no, my system is I read the important ones. Like, I check it constantly. But the junk mail, the She's in charge of, like, our whole stuff. PTO. Like, she has to arrange the school dances and stuff. And, and I she, do So she's on it. Oh, she's super organized in that way. But... It, yeah, so I would just let the other ones go, and I wouldn't read them, but I also didn't delete them. If you don't clear them, I have to clear them out. But Melissa has been on me now, and she's like sending me texts on a yeah. random Sunday. I'm on W's today. Yeah. What are you working on? Let's just do LMN. Can we just do those three today? <laughs> Thank you. So I've slowly whittled it down. I think currently, because I haven't been on top of it this weekend, I'm at 626. Okay, oh, we need wow. to work on that a little bit, though. But that's a big difference. It's a big, You've done a good job. She got mad because I just did a mark all red okay. yeah. to get rid She's of She's like, them. look what I did. I'm like, no, that doesn't count. Yeah, but <laughs> you have to actually <laughs> delete the emails and unsubscribe and do all I the business that you got to do. to get. You got to get rid of that stuff. Why? Why? It it's all going to the cloud and it's filling. Trust me. They're I just had storage issues. I mean, sort of. No, yeah. but I just had all this. Sto- I mean, look, you want to keep the important ones for sure to back it up to look at later. And I reference stuff all the time. I referenced an email from 2015 the other day because it was still on my phone. Yeah. And that's fine. But you don't need the ones from like Pottery Barn or, you know, like you got to get rid okay, of. Okay, fine. Oh, you, you keep all those? You don't need ones no. from the kids preschool that you don't talk to anymore or, okay. you know what I mean? Like okay. that kind of thing. All right. So, we have to do a quick this or that. Okay. Okay. Ready? Wine or beer. Oh, wine. Housewives or Kardashians? Neither. Oh, she's not a reality show. Oh, sad. Pizza or tacos? Oh, pizza. Soft or firm mattress? Firm. Beach or mountains? Beach. Coffee at home or Starbucks? Never. You don't drink any coffee? Tea drinker. Same with me. Wow. Sweet or salty? Uh, Depends on the time of day. She likes butter. Let's go salty. I do love salty in the afternoon. That's my that's my afternoon. Country or rock? Rock. Dog or cat? Dog. Art or sport? Art. <laughs> Very I, definite. I feel that on all those levels. <sighs> well, thanks for being here, mommy. Well, thank you Will for you having me. You come back and me. tell us all the things you binge because you're a wealth of knowledge. Uh, am I? You are. <laughs> I feel like we've only scratched the surface. Like, oh my gosh. I'm happy to hear like the origin story. I feel like that connects me to both of you so much more and helps me understand she your fills in the gaps, right? It's like the my yes. stories and her stories and it just sort of like... Well, because you remember things differently. Yeah. And I there's do. always two sides to every story. That's true. Well, three. Yours, mine, and the truth. Don don don. And on that note, thanks for being here, well, Thank you. Thanks for having thanks me. Thanks for coming. This is this great. Was fun. Thank you. Come back. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us for What Women Binge. You can connect with all of us on your favorite social media platforms. We have at What Women Binge, Amanda. I'm at Amanda WWB. I'm at Melissa Joan Hart. And if you haven't already, you can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. You can find all of our links at whatwomenbinge.com and subscribe on YouTube. Our wonderful theme song was written and produced by my cute husband, Mark Wilkerson. What Women Binge is produced by Laughagram Studios, video production by Matt Giesler, and audio by Matt Lott, and production assistant Jennifer Best. What Women Binge is distributed by Podcast Heat. For more information, visit podcastheat.com.